0: Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 135.
1: Oh, yes. One day, I shall come back. Oh, dear.
0: We are in trouble, aren't we? No, I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage to be slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you.
1: But the trouble with time travel is... One never seems to find the time.
2: Change, my dear, and it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., cetera, et cetera A meteor storm! That the sky above us was dancing with lights—purple, green, brilliant yellow. Yes.
1: I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life! It's more like a big ball of wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows.
0: You can take bottle tops off with these. Howdy Do do, Who fans. Hope you're all having a cracking week. And that you've managed to do something Doctor Who related. Got loads of news coming up today.
3: Mm.
0: Lots and lots of news. Some cool merch actually.
3: Yeah.
0: And then we're on to our review. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yes. Bit of Alonzi action.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> With Gridlock.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Somebody asked me a little while ago. Oh, I think it was on one of the live streams. Somebody said, What is it that you two say at the end of your show? Yeah. And that's, I think a few people have asked that over the year. Not, it doesn't happen often, but I think I was like the second or third person that asked that. So I had to explain that it is, in fact, Alonzi. Yeah. And. So we never
3: get it in time. I think in the whole what are we on there? One, three, five. In in all those hundred and thirty-five episodes, and we I think once we've we yeah. managed to get it in time. <clears throat> I actually prefer it when we don't. I always think if we get it in time it's it's, it's not fun. So yeah, I Prefer it when we're out of sync by a country mile. Of course, yeah.
0: yeah. We're like uh, we like to rock the classic years of Doctor mm. Who, when things were a little bit flaky and wobbly rather than the the tight ship, where everything's perfect in <laughs> Newerhood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We're more yeah. akin to classic production values rather than you know, rather than New But yeah, there was one episode where we ran out of music as well, so I ended up just oh, doing it in bloody yeah. silence. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the, the music changed, didn't it? And this one sort of catches us out sometimes in terms of it's a bit shorter or something I'm not sure because you do it at your is. end obviously yeah. so yeah yeah there was one week when we were just still waffling away and then it just stopped And we were like oh we've run out
0: because <laughs> that's unlike us to waffle away
3: yeah isn't it just
0: I read you yeah, yeah. what have you been up to buddy I know you've had a, a really busy weekend
3: yeah you had a cracking weekend actually tell yeah. us tell us tell us not one not but two uh Doctor Who conventions uh this weekend just gone by sweet um ran surprisingly smoothly because I've been getting quite uptight about it as the you know as they both approached because one they're both in London but one was in Westminster and the other one was in Chiswick so not a million miles apart but but enough to sort of think can I do both with the timings of when the guests were going to be there and stuff um so yeah I was getting a little bit apprehensive and you know sort of wrestling you know wrestling in my sleep and stuff and um but it all went very smoothly it was a really really good day actually so uh, I started up in Westminster and um, it's a beautiful sunny day, actually. And uh, Tom Baker was there. Peter Davidson was there. Colin Baker was there. Um, I didn't meet Tom because he was there later on. And I've met him a couple of times before. But our good friend Adam, ex-Ultimate Hoovian, oh, yeah. uh, he yep. stayed and met Tom and got an absolutely gorgeous print sign by him. Um, he looks so well again, Tom. He really does look amazing. Like uh, Adam showed me his picture with him. Looks incredibly well. Um, oh, good. Colin was there, obviously. (laughs) sir. old Colin. I didn't get his autograph either because I have got about a million autographs by Colin. Um, I did feel a bit sorry for him because when I was there, he was just sat looking at his phone. And I was just thinking, oh, poor old Colin. I mean, he does go to every convention. So there's probably a lot of fans, you know, have met him already. (laughs) So uh, I did meet Peter. Um, He was in good mood. Oh, good. Um, Cool. I told him how much I liked the Doctor Who interview. And I said, I like the fact you're very... Uh, candid in it you were very honest and he sort of grimaced and laughed and said yeah I was a bit wasn't I I said <laughs> yeah but it was good I said it made for a very interesting read and we spoke a bit about his big Finnish audios and stuff so that was good Peter was in a very good mood actually got his auto biography signed and stuff
0: excellent cool
3: um and who else was there that day uh Julian Glover was there um but I, I didn't meet him because I wanted to scar off picture signed and he didn't have one <laughs> um he had loads of is it he, he must be in game of thrones because i don't watch game of thrones but he had i'm pretty sure he had loads of pictures from yes from that yep. is he in that I yeah I so. game of thrones i was looking at him thinking it looks a bit Games of thrones is um, so he had loads of those pictures but right. he had a doctor who one but it was sort of a it was a print of the city of death vhs cover or something it wasn't it just oh. it wasn't good enough for me to you know, to to get signed. So, unfortunately, I have met him before, so I didn't get his autograph. Who else is there? Oh, Gemma Redgrave. Um, oh, cool. Yep. Who plays, uh, uh, is it Kate Stewart? Kate yeah. Stewart. Yeah. Yep. Um, are so good with names. Uh, she was there. <laughs> she was really nice, actually. She had a, Her queue was massive. Um, I didn't think I was going to get to meet her because when I got in there, her queue was just round the block. Uh, and I thought, oh, I won't bother because she's at one of the showmasters events soon i thought oh, i'll grab her then um but i did as, as i was about to leave the queue had died down so i jumped in and met her um a little bit annoying actually there was a miscommunication between the staff and the organizer because when i asked the guy I sat next to peter i said oh, i'm buying two autographs so that's 40 pounds and he'd got a sign <laughs> yeah. saying selfies were 10 pounds but i thought maybe forget the autograph so i can get a picture and the guy was like no it's still 10 pound extra if you want a photo and I was like, oh, I don't really I don't really agree with paying £10 extra for a, for a photo on my phone. So, well, I'll just get the two orders. So I didn't get a picture of Peter and um, Gemma had got signed up saying the same, you know, self is £10. So I didn't bother to ask, but she was getting pictures of everybody. But I just assumed they'd paid. But, um, yeah, long story short, when I got back, when I looked at the Facebook page for the Westminster Film Fair, It said that if you bought an autograph, you could get a picture with it. You didn't have to pay. Oh, no. So I was a little bit annoyed about that. So I was like, oh, so I could have got. Because one of my friends who went got a picture of Peter. um, And I was like, oh, did you pay £10 for that? He's like, no, because I told them. It said it was included on their Facebook page. And they just went, oh, okay then. And I was like, oh, no. So I was a little bit annoyed. Had the edge taken off a bit. Because I was like, oh, I could have got pictures of both then. But anyway, got some nice orders from them. uh, And then I shot across town to Chiswick. And uh, there was loads of people at this, this month's Phantom event. So uh, we had Daphne Ashbrook. Uh, old oh, So yep. Old Dashney, yeah. Yep. It's great to see her again. Um, and, uh, yeah, and obviously, Yiji So. I can't remember the character's name from the TV movie. Uh, the You know, the, the master calls him the Asian child, doesn't he? The Asian oh, child. Oh, um. And that old girl goes, oh, Bruce. Oh, wait. What's
0: his, what's his name? Is it Shang-Li, is it? Or Yiji So like is the is the
3: i mean the listeners will know what i mean it's it's the it's the guys from the, the mcgann tv movie chang li it's the chang Lee. that's it, that's it. so he was there uh, obviously we've met daphne before she was lovely um and uh eg was was very nice as well it's the first time i've met him and i was really pleased because it now means i've met mcgann you know and the two what i would consider companions in that story and uh Although there's a lot of mixed feelings about the TV movie, uh, me and you both love it. So I'm really was quite pleased with that. Good. Um, <clears throat> William did, Russell was there.
0: Uh, before we move on to William oh, Russell, sorry. did you, um, did you, uh, did Gee have any of his stamp sized books? <laughs> that anyone um, signing them?
3: I don't know. Do you know, I don't remember seeing them, but he might've done, he might've done because uh, there were people with books like <laughs> Matthew Waterhouse was there and he had his little books but I don't remember if YG did or
0: not, really. Because he could, um, he could no. have fit all of them into his hand luggage on the plane, couldn't <laughs> he?
2: Let's yeah. be honest. I
0: don't know if anyone's seen YG's book, um, but but before it was released, I think was it Milk Publishing that that put it out. That's it. Yeah, and on yeah. the website, you couldn't really gauge the um, the size of the thing, and it looked quite nice because he'd put a lot of his own photos in there, and you know all that stuff. And then I remember when you and I were in Forbidden Planet, and you were like, "Yep, yeah, there's YG's book. If you can see it." And I picked it up and I don't know what it is. I mean, it's smaller than, than a five. It's tiny little thing.
3: It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a little post. Well, not postcard, but (laughs) but it it is quite small. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't remember because he had, um, I assume it's his daughter was sat next to him. this, This, this young girl was sat next to him drawing, um, these really cool pictures actually. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember seeing any books. Cause okay. I was kind of distracted by her artworks. It was it was really good. Um, but, yeah, he was very nice. It was great to meet him at last. As I said, Matthew Waterhouse was there, um, your favourite, Andrick. Um, and that <laughs> all went well, and then it all went wrong, because oh. uh, I met him, and we had a nice little chat, and I was talking about his... Um, you know, his new audios with Peter. And I was like, I really like that TARDIS team back together. What I call the crowd of TARDIS. And he laughed and, and I threw in dark eyes just to keep him happy. Cause I know he likes it when people mention that. Um, and, uh, yeah, he signed his picture and then I said, right, get a picture of you. Absolutely. He says and he jumps up and we get a picture. But as we get up, he, I'd noticed that when he pushed the autograph back to me, he'd smudged his name with his thumb. <laughs> <sighs> so all the time I stood there on the picture, I think I'm going to have to ask him to do that again. I think, or, or whatever. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I, I got him to do it again, but they, they got me another picture and he just redid it. But on the original one, he'd written Matthew Warthouse and then Adrick underneath, but he didn't write it. He didn't write it the second time. And my OCD was like, no, the one in the picture says Adric, and uh... now, now the one in my photo won't be the one I've got. And it was all, you know, my OCD was kicking in. Um, and they snatched the other one off me, so I didn't get to keep the one that was smudged. Of course, um, yeah. So that was gone. Uh, who else was there? There was loads of people. Yeah, William Russell, such a delight. I can't remember if you've met William.
0: I have. Yes, that Such was uh, a
3: gentleman, isn't he? He's yeah. just so nice. Um, and it, it's just the way, I mean, I can't do it. It's probably one of those moments when you had to be there. But Adam, ex-Ultimate Hoovian, had asked me to get um, him a photo signed because he was staying at the, the Chiswick, uh, the Westminster event and was going to come later on to the Phantom. So I was like, yeah, I'll get you Williams because we've got the same name. So, you know, it's easy for me if uh, i if Ad wants autos. Yeah. So I said to William, right, those two for me, to Adam, please. And he's like, OK, and we had a little chat and then I was like, and this is for my friend whose name is Adam. And he's like, two Adams. <laughs> <laughs> and he did this lovely little chuckle. He's just the sweetest man ever. And he looks incredible. He's like 92 or 93, I think. Yeah, yeah. I want whatever he's on, I want some of it because he looks amazing. He looks so healthy yeah. and he's just so nice. I just love Willie
0: Russell. Yes, is, isn't he? Um, Such a lovely guy.
3: He is. Yeah. He really is, mate. Uh, and then, yeah, just quickly to, to follow up the rest, so Annika Wills is there, who's always lovely. Um, Tony Selby, who plays Glitz, you know, in oh, Dragonfire yeah. Yeah. and uh, in the Trial of the Time. He was there. Now, I was, I was pretty excited to meet Tony because uh, I've never met him before, and I do love the character. And he is one of those actors that back in the day used to pop up in a lot of programs I like, like uh, Minder and um, I don't know if he's in the Sweeney, but, you know, programs like that. So um, I had a bit of a chat with him about Minder and stuff. And he was, again, a very nice man, but he looked incredibly frail. Right, um, I was quite right. shocked when I first saw him, I'll be honest with you. And uh, no disrespect to Tony. It's just that, um, you know, because I'd never met him before. Um, I was just really shocked when I saw him at his table. He, he didn't look very well, um, unfortunately, but he was lovely. Uh, it's really great to meet him. Um, and who else is there? Oh, yeah. Wanda Fatham who is benedict cumberbatch's <laughs> mum <laughs> had an absolutely massive queue um and she's been in doctor a few times uh, she's in the image of the Fendel. and also she's in my favorite time in the rani and uh, so i got a picture of her in all this in all her get up as um faroon <laughs> i think her name was yeah um and she really was lovely as well i know i keep saying everyone was lovely it's just that uh, it's really nice everybody was lovely and um uh, one of my friends always jokes, because I do tend to see, I do always tend to get the annoying miserable. Like very often I'll say, oh, I met so-and-so and they were miserable. And he's always like, oh, it must <laughs> be you. Because, you know, but everybody there was lovely. It was, it was such a great day. I just absolutely loved it. That you sounds
0: know. awesome, mate.
3: It was. Yeah. The only, I did, a lot of people asked, I did vlog it. I did um, vlog the day. I wasn't sure whether I was going to, um, because of recent events, like I had one of my one of my um convention videos removed from youtube for a a privacy claim um so i wasn't sure whether to vlog it because i'd I'd said it was becoming difficult to to film at these events so i did vlog it um bizarrely i've never noticed this before but there was a great big sign up Mm. and you spotted it behind my daphne picture didn't you
0: i did saying
3: there is no filming allowed at the phantom event and i've never i don't think i've ever noticed them have that up before um and it's such a shame because i would have loved to have got footage of the people that were there because you know there were so many great people from doctor who there um i was really like struggling not to you know i was like oh but i want to film this i want to you know i want to show people this event but yeah there was a big sign that telling me i wasn't allowed to film which i think is a real shame um but i will obviously like show the photos and i'll tell you what it was like in there and i'll still make it a good vlog but yeah that's is is disappointing it's a shame that we're not allowed to film in these events but
0: yeah and I, I think that's um yeah before I reach for the rant jingle um <laughs> yeah that's a, a big subject that we'll probably discuss in a in a future show but um mm-hmm. I did notice that sign and I, when you took it I thought is is this a sly little dig that Adam's got here because the sign is very <laughs> yeah. very prominent I thought is he making a statement here is he hoping that the the organizers are going to see it and You know, and uh, I don't know, but it is a shame that you can't vlog. I mean, we shouldn't really get on this line otherwise we're going to be on here for a long time talking about this. Mm. But like, I totally agree with you. I've like literally 100%. It's just a real shame. Yeah, That's, I would just
3: yeah. love to. I was in there the whole time I was in there just thinking, oh, you know, normally I'd be filming all of this. I'd be filming Matthew and Daphne and Gigi and I'd just be filming the lot and then, you know, putting out on my YouTube saying, look at this event, how great it was and stuff. And, yeah, it was really hard not to, to have to sort of rein it in, if you like, because of someone who, you know, who's on YouTube and does vlogging and stuff. It's really difficult. Like, yeah, um, yeah. It, it, yeah, I mean, it, I didn't, my paranoia was kicking in because obviously I don't know who had my video removed from before but it was a phantom event video that was removed. So my OCD, uh, no, sorry, my paranoia was like, is that sign aimed at me? (laughs) Because I've (laughs) never seen them have a sign up before saying no filming. Um, I'd like to think it was just a coincidence. But but on the other hand, it's good to get clarification because, you know, I wouldn't want to do anything I'm not supposed to do in that sense. So Mm -hmm. if they're telling me there's no filming event, then at least it's clear. Whereas at the Westminster one, there was no sign up, so I did a bit of filming. Um, but I was doing it really like nervously, like just little, little quick shots, and not my usual like, you know. Do I, I mean there was no clarification, so I was like, should I? Am I allowed to film this? I don't know what's going on now. Yeah. So yeah. in that sense, it was good to have clarification, but it is a shame, yeah, because it was a very, really good event, and I think, um, I guess it's a privacy thing for the guests, because I just think. I don't know. We've said this before. Like, If you go to an event, surely they want people to see it because a lot of people that saw the Phantom video that was taken down were like, oh, I've never heard of Phantom. This this event looks amazing. What? The autographs are only like five, ten pounds and you, you're allowed photos at the table. Wow, this looks like a brilliant event and all that sort of thing. So in that sense, to me, it seems like a good thing. But I guess they're looking at it from the point of view of that guests may not want to be filmed or, or whatever. So yeah, two sides to every coin and all that.
0: Yes, I read you. We've had this many a time, haven't we, with my yeah. adventures at the Who shop in London. <laughs> yes, where photography is yeah. forbidden and all that, and and it yeah, it's weird because it's free advertising for the for the event, and it does yeah. switch a lot of people on. I mean, if you hadn't heard of the Phantom events in Chiswick before, and you know people stumble across your video, they're like, oh, sweet. I'll book a ticket for the next one that's free for them that's like a person booking a ticket that wouldn't have booked it before
3: yeah you In know? Fact, that happened actually a guy called Darren who I've never met um, but he you know we, we chat on the geeks handbag sometimes and is uh, like loved your video mate and uh, never heard of that event but I've booked a ticket to the March one I'll see you there I was like yeah it's excellent you know and all that so you know um point proven but yeah i guess there's reasons but it is it is a shame and as i said so frustrating for me because uh, i just was itching to get my camera out the whole time yeah and uh, yeah. film you know i probably would have asked daphne to do a little piece to camera or something but yeah it wasn't to be but never mind i shall still don't worry i shall still edit cobble something together and <laughs> it'll still be fun but yeah. um yeah. yeah you just won't be able to come inside with me into the event <laughs> uh
0: the record the the recording uh, forbidden and all that stuff aside, um, hmm. the phantom events are very good. And I think the next one they is it the end of April. I think the next one, I don't think any guests have been announced yet, but um,
3: they haven't. And this will sound awful. but I'm kind of hoping they don't um, announce <laughs> anyone very good because I'm away. I was like, Oh no, the oh, next no. event I'm actually away. Um, I can't go to the next one. So yeah, I, well, I hope for other people they have good events, guests. But for me, I'm kind of hoping they don't because I'll be really gutted if they had like <laughs> someone, you know, who I want to meet. But nothing I can do about it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Paul McCann will be there.
3: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, it'll be the big one. Uh, but no, they are good events. And as I say, I like the fact that they, Um, I think it says in the email, I'm pretty sure it does. They, they're very clear that, um, you know, what you can and can't do in terms of like they do generally allow, allow photos at the table. Um, And there's no charge for that. So if you buy a lot of graph, you know, you're usually allowed to get a photo at the table with the guests for free. Um, Hopefully that won't change because, I mean, it seems to be becoming quite the norm now Mm -hmm. to charge for selfies. Um, And I think they're possibly the only event I can think of, well, that I go to. I'm sure there's others that don't. Uh, Like Westminster didn't used to charge for selfies and now they're charging £10. So I just hope Phantom don't go down that route because it does make them that little bit. Uh, extra special in my eyes. It's like they still feel like a nice fan run event um, in, in terms of that. So I hope they don't go down the sort of 10th planet Westminster roof charging for every little thing um, somebody did comment on my Facebook page as well about uh, next they'll be charging for the air that the actor breathes while you're in their space you know <laughs> like he did you know 10 pounds to be to breathe in Peter Davidson's air the next time you're there and it it is starting to feel like that at some events you know it, it's just anything they can think of they're going to charge for it. And it, it does suck the blood out of it a bit, I think. You know, I, I understand they, they've got to make money and everything. But, yeah, it is becoming a little bit um, OTT, I think, at some events.
0: It is a little bit. It's a yeah. juggling act for the organisers because, yeah. you know, the, the fee that the actors charge to be there, they have to get that back. Plus, they need to make a little bit more. You know, they can't just run it at a loss the whole time of eyes. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I know it's run by, you know, people that love Who and by fans and all the rest of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're not doing it as a huge sort of money spinner. I understand that. They do need to make a little bit of profit from it. But it is getting a little bit silly. I mean, imagine if they did that at some at a really big event like um, one of the showmasters, London Comic Cons or MCM or anything, where there's yeah thousands of people there. How are they? They wouldn't be able to police that. So. That would be interesting if they started putting signs up saying no videos, and that would just be, yeah.
3: Well, yeah, mind you having said that, I think with um, the last year's London Film Comic Con, I mean, it didn't seem to be a problem filming the majority of it, but some, I did have a couple of problems with them, uh, like with Michelle Gomez, the guy, the security card coming out of nowhere. I mean, I couldn't get anywhere near her to uh, take a picture or film her or anything. He's like, no, no there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no photography at all here. He's just pushing me, like, I couldn't get near her. Do you know what I mean, it was like I was literally just going to stand at the side just to get a clip of a signing and they were having none of it. So it's even that, you know, there are the instances where it is difficult. That's, that's what I was saying before. It's becoming really difficult to film anything at some of these events. But in terms of filming, you know, who's there and all the cosplayers and everything else, there's not a problem. But, yeah, don't know, it can be difficult. With some
0: of the guests, I think. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the next Phantom event, end of April. Uh, tickets yes. are a tenner, but no guests announced just yet.
3: Yeah, look, I am looking forward to seeing you at the Gatch. I always like to keep an eye on it, just just in case. Yeah, because I know you were gutted. You you really wanted to you couldn't make this weekend. Oh, I know. Just gone, and yeah. you were gutted because you really wanted to meet Peter, didn't you?
0: I did. Yep. That was yeah. Really, yeah. That was really gutting because I haven't met him yet, and he's uh, he seldom does any of the London ones. He can catch him at a few cons, maybe down on the south coast. He does those ones, you know, down in Brighton and Bournemouth and those ones. he he likes those mm. and maybe a couple up north, but he tends to shy away from anything in London. So, yeah, that would have been a great opportunity to to meet him. But, yeah, alas, I'll have to catch uh, him at the next one.
3: I'm sure it's just a coincidence, but his table and Tom's table were at completely opposite ends of the room. That's not And surprising. poor old Colin yep. was yep. just in the middle. In the middle. <laughs> <laughs> it was like they'd put Tom at one end, Colin in the middle – And Peter right at the other end. Yeah. Yeah. Behind behind a barrier so you can... (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I don't know if...
0: uh, Yeah, anyone that's read Peter Davison's book that came out, I think it was the end of last year, or if you've got to that bit in the book yet, mate, um, anyone that's read it will not be surprised by that. Yeah. I still haven't got to
3: much of the Tom Baker stuff in his book yet, but um, I'm thinking if it's... It can't be... I mean, I don't know if you've ever read uh, Matthew Waterhouse's Blue Box Boy book. No, no. uh, Which is well worth the read. It's really interesting read actually but man does he slay poor old tom um from what i remember anyway it was quite a while ago i read it but i remember thinking oh matthew you're really uh you're really getting this off your chest now aren't you obviously you could sort of almost feel he'd been you know this you know building up over the years um yeah he, he was just saying how tom used to tell him to basically pee off on set it's like get out of it you know then kick him around <laughs> not kick him but yeah he doesn't he, he was quite shocked i think um by Tom back right. in the day yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, but Matthew's book's weird because he talks about himself in the third person it's really odd like when you're reading it he's like Matthew walked in the room and saw Lala Ward at the TARDIS console and Matthew thought and I'm thinking no it's, you are Matthew why are you talking in the th-? it's really strange but it's well worth the read mate yeah well read.
0: maybe Adric's writing the book from yeah. Matthew Waterhouse's perspective about Matthew playing Adric yeah
3: maybe, maybe it's it so a was- weird yeah yeah maybe that's why he didn't sign Adric on the second autograph because Adric told him no yeah. you've done it you've given him one he's had one chance don't do it again
0: yeah he's in like an infinite loop of adric playing matthew playing adric etc cetera, etc cetera.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, infinite loop. i've got i've got visions of him actually still trapped in that weird what's that thing the master puts him in oh, in the, yeah, the in that yeah. weird spider's web with the, mm-hmm. you know the master keeps going up on that raised platform for no reason yeah i've got visions of he's still trapped in that and actually it's you know it's all just a an infinite time loop
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. all right, Rick. Yeah. yeah
3: but anyway yeah just to sum up good good event mate it was a very good weekend um good yeah, stuff joined it a lot great yeah. so yeah i did miss you though i did miss you mate That's sure very, you did sure yeah no sure. i really did uh, when i was chatting to daphne and saying, did she remember being on the podcast? And she, of course, she did. I mean, who could forget? Um, <laughs> you know, she did ask where you were. She's, you know, she said, "Where's Gary?" Um, and I was like, "Oh, he can't be here, unfortunately. He's locked in a cupboard under my stairs because <laughs> 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 I want you all to myself." <laughs> now, I did. She did ask after you, and it, uh, yeah, it would have been good to have had you there. But you were, you were busy,
0: weren't you? Doing, doing I, your thing. Yeah, doing, I was doing grown-up, married stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, the the wife and I decided to head up to Scotland because I'd never been up to Scotland before and she's been up there a couple of times at work and she said, yeah, we should have a trip up there. So I sort of uh, spontaneously said, yep, that's booked then. So sleazy jet up to Edinburgh. Mm. And uh, yeah, we we was up there for the weekend, which is very nice, Mm. really good. Um, And I did go into the Forbidden Planet in Edinburgh. Oh, did you? It was one of the Forbidden Planet internationals. Oh, yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, I was quite impressed with that one um the one I went to in when was it Uh, sorry where was it in Cardiff I wasn't too enamored by that one
3: no I must admit I wasn't either I was just thinking that when you said it actually
0: yeah yeah it wasn't amazing that one but this one wasn't too bad actually it was um it was a it was a fair size and uh the two guys that were working there they were very very chatty and friendly and uh they had a, a, a reasonable who section in there as well okay which is good because the one in cardiff which is which it still it's just i cannot conceive as to why you know the the forbidden planet in cardiff you know pretty much the home of doctor who since 2005 Mm. doesn't shout about it a bit more because the one in cardiff the who section is buried up in the corner upstairs somewhere Mm. there's not really much going on but in this one it was pretty good they had a reasonably sized one it was about the same size as the one in the you know the other Forbidden Planet <clears throat> brand, so their megastore store yeah. in London on Tottenham Court Road. theirs was about the same size as those guys. Really, that's huge. Yeah, so it was it was All pretty right. good. They had loads of Pop Funkos there, loads of figures. Yeah, um, and and yeah, so it was good. I mean, I didn't um, I didn't end up buying anything, um, but it was good to have a. I mean, the missus picked up a couple of Pop Funkos, but it was good to have a, a look around and chat to the guys working in there. Yeah, so yeah. that was good. Ask them about. Um, uh, some of the Doctor Who graphic novels, because that was one thing they were short on. Um, I said, have you guys got any, um, any of the Titan uh, trade paperbacks and the graphic novels? Mm. And he said, you know what? Surprisingly, um, we don't get many people ask for those. Oh. He said, we have a lot of people ask for the single issues. So when um, Titan are putting out the, is it weekly or fortnightly? I uh, fortnightly, I yeah. Think, yeah. He said they normally go relatively quick. And mm. we get a lot of people asking for those. I think, and he said when they first launched, we had loads of people asking about the variant covers and all that stuff. He oh, said, the But variants, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he said, the, the graphic novels, no, he said, uh, We don't really bring many of them in because hardly anyone asks for those. So it must be that so many people are buying the single issues, which is good. Mm. They're not really doubling up on the graphic novels. So
3: possibly, yeah. Mm. It's, I, mean, it's, I mean, I do buy the single issues. Um, but when you work it out, you know how much you spend on the single issues like the graphic novels are so much better value because I always think to myself (laughs) if I had any sort of restraint I would just wait for the graphic novel because it's like they're normally about 10 to 12 pound I think yeah whereas a single issue is about three pounds roughly it's like 325 an issue so you know you add it up and you're thinking well actually i've just spent 25 quid <laughs> or whatever all those when i could have just bought the graphic novel for a tenner but yeah they're probably people like me they've just got they don't want to wait they're, you know they have to have the issue when it comes out which is fair enough but yeah, yeah it's a lot better value to get the graphic novel
0: yeah well, we're quite lucky here at, um for us because we get sent the we get sent all the issues from titan mm. as a pdf don't we but it's not really the same as actually buying no no i'm
3: definitely a a physical
0: uh, uh, copy person yeah yeah yeah. so yeah so i was after a couple of the graphic novels but um they didn't really have them there but uh yeah it was a good weekend but i was thinking of you mate i was thinking oh i bet at this time he's having a good old chin wag with peter and the two of them are like clanking their mugs of tea together and thinking "Ah, (laughs) if only gary was here
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was I was in good company. I met <laughs> her with Ad and Adi Hoovian and uh, a load of other people. Will and and all the usual gang. It was good. Um, uh, but yes, it would have been good if you'd have been there, mate. Obviously, yeah. obviously, it yeah. Yeah. Been I would have just loved if
0: I was there. Yeah, yeah.
3: I think you would have loved um, <laughs> meeting Peter. He's just there is just something about Peter. I don't know. Is he he still got this sort of slightly. Uh, cheeky chappiness about him, isn't mm-hmm. he? Still got that sort of young aura yeah. about him. I don't know what it is, um, but yeah. Uh, just very quickly, actually, before I finish off, um, I forgot to say as well. Um, one really nice thing that really capped off the event was um, that when everyone got their autographs, Daphne and Yigi, um posed together for anyone who worked photos with the two of them, which is something I have always wanted. Like oh, you know, when cool. they, uh, yeah. I mean, it, not that there wasn't there was no. Uh, official photographer there it's just for you to get a picture on your phone um but it was yeah it was a real nice way to it because they did tell us they said you know anybody who wants to wait right to the end of the event um once everyone's got their autographs we'll just do photos together and uh, that was you know a really nice way to cap off the event the only thing was um (laughs) they had these the the tv movie must be in really being released in germany or somewhere because they had these McGann posters up but it said deaf film or something I don't know it's all in a foreign language so it must be getting a, a release somewhere
0: it probably yeah it probably yeah in
3: fact I think yeah. I saw somebody post pictures of it because it's sort of in a book format and it looked rather nice but it was obviously all in in a foreign language because I remember thinking oh what's that then um so they had these nice posters up which they initially stood in front of and I was like oh this is excellent a picture with those two with that poster amazing so my friend Paul goes and gets his picture and then suddenly and he's the first one in, in the line, right? So he gets his picture, and I'm like, oh, "Wow, you know, There's only a handful of us waiting to get a photo. This is amazing. And then suddenly, the, the phantom guy, uh, one of the guys who organized it, is like, wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. And he drags over this big phantom sign and puts it in front
2: of the oh,
3: <laughs> posters. And he's Christ. like, no, 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 we need to have phantoms. And I was like, no, I want the movie poster. <laughs> get that blimmin'. Oh, I thought he was joking at first as well. But no, of course, he wanted the understandably because he's yeah, the developer but I was gutted and my mate Paul was so smug he's like oh my lovely picture in front of the movie poster <laughs> which I was like yeah 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 uh, but that was a it was yeah. a lovely it was a lovely moment just to be with those two just to get that
0: picture so yeah
3: very good mate anyway I shall stop I shall stop waffling on about it now
0: you've had um, enough gloated yeah, have yeah. you? <laughs> yeah
3: I've gloated enough
0: yes yeah, yeah. whatever Whatever. (laughs) We should stop off now. We we should rattle through some news, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got
3: quite a bit. Yeah.
0: First up. You remember last year, I think it was last year or the year before, when the Beeb released a sort of online learning game where it was like the Doctor in an adventure against the Daleks or the Cybermen or both or something mm, like that. Yeah, vaguely, yeah. yeah and yeah. it was about um, essentially teaching sort of younger kids how to code. Do you remember that? I don't know if you remember that game. I that do, launched, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: very, yeah, a little bit.
0: Yeah, well, they've done something similar that went out um, – this week actually uh, and it's called uh doctor who and the micro bit uh, which is very cool so essentially it was a live uh it was i think it was uh, an hour to two hours something like that it was a live lesson that you could go onto the website and follow along and all that stuff and uh it was yeah just this really cool educational um lesson so i think it was aimed at kids around sort of 12 years old sort of maybe 10 up to sort of 13 years old. Yeah. And uh, it was really there to sort of um, sort of get their head into like a, a a way of thinking around sort of how um, sort of coding works and algorithms and and all that clever stuff. And, Mm. but I thought it was really cool how they tied it in with, because anything that you can, uh, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent here, but anything sort of within education that you can tie into something that's in sort of pop culture and, you know, make it fun. It generally sort of has a a, a better impact and a higher yeah. sort of success rate. So I love it when they when the Beeb does stuff like this. And um I've yet to watch a video because I was working when it went out live. But they are going to put it out on BBC iPlayer and on the website that it went up to. But um I've seen a few tweets of people that were watching it and so on. And a couple of people said, you know, what the heck is this? You know, mm. <laughs> you know what am I watching? But there was uh, quite a few people that said, this is amazing. This is really good. So um, it was called um, The Time Lord, The TARDIS, and The Microbit. And uh, it was, yeah, essentially you logged on on your computer and it went through like a bunch of stuff for you to follow along. And, uh, yeah, it was just um, part of BBC's live lessons program. So um, I'll put a link in the show notes to the uh, to the website where they're going to put the video up. Um, but they did say it might be a day or two because I need to edit it and make sure it's, you know, it's uh, it's okay to rewatch, you know so you yeah. understand that you know it's not going out live um and I th- i'm i'm pretty sure i read somewhere that it's going out on bbc iplayer as well so if you're sort of that age group or even if you're not and you want to sort of you know get a, a level of understanding about you know how coding works and and algorithms and stuff this would be excellent
3: mm, it's a nice idea isn't it it's a really nice idea it's very
0: cool yeah.
3: Yeah, love anything interactive like that. I saw this thing about a live video going out and I was really unsure what it was, because it seemed to sort of pop up out of nowhere, didn't it? This bit of news. And I was like, What's this live dot two episode that's going out? It all got a bit confusing at one point. But yeah, it's a really yeah, it's a nice idea, this.
0: Yeah. And so j- just to um just to finish with this, so uh the the micro bit part of it, so that's like the series, if you like. So it's called the BBC micro bit. Um <clears throat> uh it's a tiny computer processor that's like the the, the thing that they're sort of advertising it as uh, and it's designed to use uh, to teach coding uh, to children sort of in a classroom environment or online and you can download some extra like materials to go with it and as a teaching guide and all that stuff so i love this sort of thing and if and if they can tie it into who and get kids interested then mm. and that's really good so uh, yeah um we'll, we'll tweet out or whatever when it goes on iPlayer but yeah you'll be able to catch it soon if you missed it
3: excellent mate Okay um in other news and this is this is something quite I think quite incredible actually um Comic Relief uh, this year is offering the opportunity to have a full english breakfast in the company of seven
0: doctors crikey
3: so i i mean when i i just think this is amazing what i would give to be at this event i think i think there's um a couple of places so i think some people you can either bid on it or most of us will will be just putting our name because they're gonna do like um a raffle aren't they
0: and then you can purchase one. tickets. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the doctors that are attending. Uh, it's going to be at the Wolseley uh, on Piccadilly. I must say, I've not heard of that, but I imagine it's quite a big place. Um, and I imagine loads of fans are going to descend on that restaurant uh, <laughs> in the morning because um, if you do manage to be lucky enough to win a place uh, to, at this full English breakfast, you will be in the company of Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Paul McGann. David Tennant, Matt Smith, and Peter Capaldi, Blimey. all around your dinner table, your breakfast table. I mean, that is just going to be mind blowing, isn't it? Um, I just, I, I would just, wow, to, to be able to go to this would be just amazing. Because
0: imagine the conversation around that table. I can't even. Some like my brain just can't compute. No. At, <laughs> at just how amazing. Because if you think about. The amount of actors there, so all like seven doctors. Yeah, that will. I, that's just unprecedented.
3: Even at like the. I don't think I'd be able to talk. I think I'd just be like. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I even turns to jelly. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Even if you think about the <laughs> biggest comic cons, like the San Diego one and some of the big London ones and so on. Yeah, you would never get half of those actors together no. at any one time ever. So this is, it. I would say that this literally is a once in a lifetime. Oh, definitely. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's fantastic that the actors have given their time. And the fact they've all said, look, you know, we'll arrange a date when we can all be there. Because let's face it, they're all, Pretty busy guys, aren't they? The fact that they're doing this is 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 just incredible. I think um, if you want to be in a chance to 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 be at this meal, by the way, um, basically what you do is your five pound enters you into the pot for a chance to win, um, and uh, it's going to be somewhere. It's going to take place somewhere between September. 2017 and May 2018. Um, and and Comic Relief are obviously going to give the winner as much notice as possible of, of the actual date. So they're giving themselves a bit of a time window there, um, obviously to try and arrange when all these actors can be in, in this one place at one time. Um, but yeah, I mean, for £5, pounds, it's got to be worth a punt, isn't it?
0: I tell you, mate, for a fiver, um, it's it's a no-brainer. It How can you put a value on, on hanging out with Seven? It's just... It, I, I'm speechless about this. It, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> if you head over to, we'll put again, we'll put a link in the show notes. But it, this is all run through a website called Givergy, as in G-I-V-E-R-G-Y, Give a G I V E R G Y, Givergy. Um, If you head over to um, uh, Give a G dot com and just do a search for Red Nose Day, you will see this event come up. And uh, as Adam said, you can for a fiver that gives you one ticket. You can purchase three tickets for surprisingly fifteen pounds. Um, or you can buy five tickets for twenty-five. See, there's three brackets that you can you can oh, okay. cough up your dough. So obviously, as an offshoot, this is a good thing because all the money from the ticket sales goes to Comic Relief and all that. So it is for charity. Let, this isn't just somebody's thought. Oh, you know, let let me make loads of money by you know yeah. raffling or, you know a raffle for tickets. <laughs> it's, it's for Comic Relief. So it's a good cause as well. It's um, a good cause. But yeah, I mean, for a fiver, if that puts you in the run into Oh my god! It's just what would you do? So like,
3: yeah, but imagine if one of us got it though. The 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 other the other one's going to be so jealous, aren't they? Imagine (sighs) if it was you. I'd just be at the window with my hands against it the whole time, just staring at you through the window. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure I wore all my rags as well. Just look really like, oh wow, it would just be incredible. Um, I think isn't there a isn't there a um a ticket that people can bid for as well? Isn't there another like um because I saw it was already up to so many thousands of pounds or something. I think uh, tickets being auctioned um, for comic relief, obviously, yes, well. is. Yeah. Um I don't know what the current, uh, you know, what it's up to at the moment, but I know it's quite a few thousand. Oh, yeah, I don't even want to look at, at that. So somebody is yeah. already, like, in the running to be there, which is incredible,
0: so, yeah. But what <laughs> would you say, though? How intimidating would that no. be? If, like, if all yeah. of them were in the room and then you were led in? What,
3: what... I, I just
0: melt where would you start as well where would you start yeah you know it's just
3: oh and also what are they going to be like because um i can't imagine that group of doctors have mm. all been in one room together before like some of them you know like colin and peach obviously know each other and then i guess matt's met them at the 50th but you know to have them all in that one room i i think i think they're going to be quite not intimidated but they'll be sort of thinking you know, well, until I, the, maybe they get a drink with it and then maybe it'll sort of, you know, relax and loosen up. But, you, you know, know they'll
0: feel quite intimidated, I think, as well. I would say that the, the one the one actor out of all that lot would be Peter. Mm. Because <laughs> if you, uh, Peter Capaldi, I mean, because if you think about it, um yeah, so Peter and Colin and Sylvester, they will know each other pretty well. Sylvester and Paul. Um, yeah. David and Matt. They obviously know each other very well from the fiftieth. David true, yeah. Tennant and Peter Davison obviously know each other very well, being father-in-law and father, you know, yeah. son-in-law. Um, whereas Peter, he's like at the right, the other end. That's it, true. You know, yeah, I hadn't
3: thought of that poor Peter. Yeah. So maybe if you do win it, Gary, make sure you sit next to Peter and just just give him a pat on the shoulder and say, "It's all right, mate." Yeah, I might start you're- some
0: Chinese whispers going. <laughs> I feel like I heard earlier, Peter, that uh, Cyril thinks you're a bit of an idiot. <laughs> and then I'll go and sit next to David Tennant and be like big fan and everything but phew, I wouldn't go and talk to uh I will not go and talk to Colin for a little while mate
3: <laughs> and be like go over to Peter Davies and be like um so I've um I've, my plus one is Tom Baker yeah. and uh, <laughs> I'll be bringing him over to say hi later that
0: really yeah funny. do you like the scarf Peter oh I no I know oh, you love the don't scarf don't wear
3: the scarf <laughs> whatever you do because uh, Peter hates the scarf. He, he doesn't does. like fans. If he sees fans
0: in the Tom Baker scarf, he, yeah. his eyes go red. I would I would imagine that if I was one of the one of the doctors there, I would have so much fun winding up any fans that were there. Because I would say, so, <laughs> yeah.
3: who's your favourite? I know, it'd have to be the first question, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, wow.
3: So that's I, I bet Colin appear. will say that just the color would be like no no lists we yes. don't want any lists before you know it there'll be hash browns flying up the wall and tables overturned and don't start doing lists wherever you do
0: yeah uh, what an event though so yeah uh, we'll, we'll put a link to that and if any of our listeners win it please unscribe unsubscribe from the show
3: <laughs> the, oh, don't be like
0: that. The, the jealousy and resentment will just be too much. Yeah. <laughs>
3: like I say, I bet you loads of people once they find out when it is that whole that restaurant's going to be swamped in it with, with yes. autograph hunters and fans and dealers and God that you probably won't even be able to get in the door. I shouldn't imagine. No.
0: Nah, nah. Yeah. Uh, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more news. So our lucky um, listeners down under uh, yeah. are, are going to get a very cool um, tie-in show. Uh, that will run alongside, when, alongside the new series, when that kicks off Series 10. So um, uh, the Australian channel ABC uh, have announced that a new half-hour panel show uh, to tie in with Series 10 um, called Whovians uh, oh, will go out on a Sunday evening. All controversial, yeah. It uh, <laughs> will go out on a Sunday evening starting the 16th of April at half-past eight uh, on ABC2 slash iview. Uh, which goes out straight after the episode is broadcast on ABC. Mm, that sounds familiar. So this is very, very good, and I'm extremely jealous because, again, we don't. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yeah, we don't have anything um, like this in the UK. Well, we used to. What, we what? used to have good old Confidential, didn't we? But well, I was going to say we did have many moons <laughs> yeah. ago. Uh, we had Confidential, which was so good. Um, yeah. So our um, our friend uh, down under, Sammy. Sammy Sutin, she uh she let us know this news on Facebook the other day actually, and I was like, wow, yeah, thanks, Sammy, yeah, uh, that's that's awesome. But uh, yeah, so ABC have now you know officially said uh, this show called Whovians. Um and it's a panel show. So essentially, it's one guy, this guy called Rove McManus, uh, he's going to be sort of hosting it, but they're going to have guests on and people talking about the episode that's just gone out and other stuff to do with who. And I will tell you what, mate, it reminds me a lot of when I'm when I was. In Canada a couple of years ago, remember I told you that I had a bit of a Doctor Who marathon in the hotel room? Yeah. Because they have a channel over there called Space. And they did a a Doctor Who marathon all the way from 2005. They they ran it for like four or five days or something. So they started at Rose in 2005 and it went all the way up, finishing with the brand new Christmas special at the time. The one with Nick Frost as Santa. Oh yeah, last Christmas, yeah. yeah. And they did a very similar thing. So in between every episode, um, they had a, it wasn't as long as this, had like a 10-15 minute panel show where they discussed what happened in the previous episode that just aired and all that stuff. And I'll tell you what, it's really cool just to have that extra bit of who, you know, after the episode. And it almost makes me think, you know what, mate, you and I should host uh, a UK version online or something. Oh, that would be really cool, you know. So we'll we'll call yeah. it something. We'll do a we'll do a Google I'd Hangout like show. We'll invite everyone. Yeah, um, just to chat it through. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is really cool for our Oz friends down under. Mm. So uh yes, on so it won't go out on ABC, that the actual show gets broadcast. This goes out on ABC Two and iView, which I think is their equivalent to BBC iPlayer.
3: So are we going to be able to get it in any way over here? Are we going to be able to find this somewhere or not? Do you think? Can Sammy record it on a VHS and send it over? to him?
0: I was going to say, just record them all and then send over a box <laughs> yeah. of videotapes.
3: Yeah,
0: uh, I don't know. I mean, there's always yeah, a way, a isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
3: There must be a way. Yeah, because um, I would be intrigued to see it just to just to see what it's like. Yeah, um, I guess like when we lost Confidential, they kind of did you know like the fan show did a little behind the scenes after each episode, didn't they? But that was just on YouTube, I suppose, wasn't it? wasn't really it was like an unofficial but bbc um doctor who page shared it that's what i think wasn't yeah. it so yeah it is it is nice just to have that like that little bit of interaction and a little bit of chat and discussion after each episode i think it's always quite interesting and no doubt it'll have a few behind the little scenes bits and and stuff like that i assume yeah so, so. yeah sounds good
0: yeah just a wee bit more info so as well as unpacking the most recent episode Rove and the team will open (laughs) the doors of the TARDIS and go back through the annals of time to lovingly analyze critique and unravel the mysteries of this much-loved globally renowned series Uh, it says Rove is a long-time Doctor Who enthusiast and will be joined by other self-confessed Doctor Who super fans uh Tegan Higginbotham Adam Richard and Steve Bejo O'Donnell, as well as a roster of celebrity guests.
3: Yeah, right. Yeah, sounds good. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we might be lucky. We might. we look forward to the VHS. VHS is coming over, Sammy. Yes. Can we'll, you please the
0: more on saving up for the shipping, please?
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and lastly, in the news, um, for any budding writers out there, uh, Pencil Tip Publishing uh, are going to be accepting completed stories for inclusion in. The Temporal Logbook 2, and uh, this is going to be for one day and one day only, so if you want to get your submissions in, make sure you do. And that day is Saturday, May the 6th, 2017, from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. And uh, basically, so they released, um, obviously, the Temporal Logbook 1, and this is the follow-up volume, Um, and they're looking for stories featuring the 2nd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 8th, ninth, and 10th Doctor. So it's quite specific. So no first October. Why is that?
0: That is weird, isn't it? no eleven and twelve. They either. missed him
3: off. No, yeah. could be. A, mm, don't know. I was going to say a copyright thing, but no, probably not. Maybe they just decided it would be
0: no silve either. Yeah. No silve.
3: Yeah, that'd be so you could discuss that when you go for their meal with them. Say, do you know they, they missed you out, Sylve? Yeah. Um, it was Colin's fault. I never word. Yeah. 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 Colin said, "Don't, <laughs> don't." Um, stories <laughs> should be between five thousand and eight thousand words and uh, basically all you have to do is submit your story uh, provide your full name and include a brief bit just saying about yourself and uh, and if you've been published before so if, if you you know a lot of our listeners i know do like to do their little fan adventures and mm-hmm. you know very much into writing their own stories and producing their own own stories as well so if you if you want to do that um i assume gary will put a link in the description of course uh, yep. to pencil tip publishing which i really like that name as well pencil yeah. tip publishing rolls off the tongue um and uh, you could be included in the second volume of the temporal Logbook.
0: yeah we mentioned this a couple of months back or a few months ago yeah i'm pretty sure we did we did yeah yeah just yeah. telling people that it was coming up so hopefully you've got your you've got your story planned out you know what's going on now you just need to flesh out the details get the character work done finish it up and then on that remember they, they're only doing it for that one day yeah. so that's important so on 6th of May you have to fire off your email over and uh, they'll only accept them for that day mm. indeedy sounds good that's going to do for news shall we get the Dalek in and uh, hold on oh, crikey <laughs> shall, we get, shall we get him in and see what he's
2: got yeah <laughs> merch corner
1: merch corner Merch corner! <laughs> I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very
0: pretty. Give me that.
3: He's <laughs> St- seem a bit cheeky this morning, isn't he, that Dalek? It is. Trying stupid, to keep though. all the merch to himself?
0: No! Go and play with your your, your plates with your swirling TARDIS pattern on. I'm not going to tell you what he's doing with his plunger arm right now. <laughs> I said later. <laughs> Stupid. Right. First bit of merch up. So have you heard of this before Nerdblock. block? Have you heard I of this? I
3: have. Yes, I have heard of it. Yeah.
0: Nerd block. Nerd block. Yeah. Never bought one, but I have heard of it. Yeah. I, I'm sure this is this is an American thing originally, right? Mm, they are shipping to Yeah, I think to, so. Yeah. yeah. So nerd block is if you if you've been into things like what's the one that really kicked off that's really popular that's been going for a couple of years? Oh, um What's it called? Oh, uh, do you know,
3: I watch it all the time, Ashens always, is always unboxing them and um what are they
0: called? You know, when you get, it'll like,
3: come to me when I try not to think of it, it'll come to me. It'll
0: come, yeah, it will come. Uh, so it's basically a, um, uh, like a, a, a box full of like geek goodness is the best way to describe these things. Yeah. Um, the other one's called geek something.
3: Well, they're like, yeah, Zavi started doing them as well, didn't they? Like
0: the Zavi box. Oh, and, the geek, um, yeah.
3: And all that sort of stuff. and
0: Yes. um, So anyway, um, this company, uh, NerdBlock, Nerdblock, is that right? Yeah, NerdBlock. NerdBlock, yeah. They have teamed up with the BBC and they have now licensed a proper official Doctor Who block, um, which will go out. I think it's bi-monthly. I think I read somewhere. So it's not every month like some of them are. Mm. Um, uh, So what's the other one? Hold on. Loot Crate. Loot Crate is, yeah. That is was the, the one I'm thinking of, yeah. So if you guys are familiar with that concept of Loot Crate and some other some of the other ones, this is essentially the same thing. Mm. Um, however, because normally what they do is each month they'll pick a theme, won't they, these companies, and they'll say, we're going to do Marvel or we're going to do Star Wars, whatever. Or we're yeah. going to do a mixture. You're going to get some anime stuff. You're going to get a T-shirt about Hulk. You're going to get a postcard from Ming the Merciless or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, so this one is... Uh, Yes, it is. It's bi-monthly. And um, you will get a box full of Doctor Who stuff, mm. essentially. And from my experience, I've got a couple of these before. I had a Loot Crate, or a couple of them, very early on when Loot Crate first started. I've had a couple of the Xavi boxes as well. Yeah. Not the Doctor Who one. I know you got the Xavi Doctor Who one. You weren't <laughs> that impressed with it. But I've got... Very unimpressed. Yeah, yeah, I had a couple of the Xavi ones. So generally speaking, what happens is Um, They just throw in a bunch of tat. (laughs) Um, And a (laughs) t-shirt. And depending on how much the lock stroke crate stroke box is and how large it is will generally depend on the quality of the tat inside. Now, this one is 50 bucks. And that does include shipping, which is good. Because normally it's like 50 bucks, but it's normally like 55, you know. $60, $60, whatever, with shipping. But this includes shipping, which is good. And it's, I don't know, how much is that in pounds? It's probably about £40. Pounds. Yeah, knowing the pound rate right at the minute, yeah. Something like that, about 40 British pounds. Um, and hold on, where do they ship to? Yeah, so they at the moment, they only ship to within the US, Canada and the UK. So that's important to bear that in mind. We don't know anything at the moment about what's going to be in the first official Doctor Who block. Nothing at all. Um, But generally speaking, going on experience, you normally get a T-shirt, you get a pop Funko, a lanyard, (laughs) lanyard, you get a couple of comics, you get another vinyl toy of some description, you get maybe a coaster, a box of mints, you know, know, a couple of badges, some stickers, that kind of thing. I'm just going on experience. It's normally that kind of merchandise that they throw in um, because the boxes aren't huge. You know, they're not like a big... You know, it's not like you've ordered a snooker table size box and you've got hmm. like, you know, a full size model TARDIS in it or anything like that. So I'm not sure. Um, 50, well, 40 pounds. And the it's price. It's not
3: too bad if it includes shipping.
0: Yeah. And the more blocks you buy, the cheaper it is. So if you buy just oh. one block on its own, that's 50 bucks. If you buy three blocks, that goes down to 47.99. If you buy six blocks, that's $45. So you do save a couple of dollars the more you buy. So remember, it's bi monthly. So, uh, you know, if you buy one block individually every two months, that will cost you 50 bucks. If you buy a block of six, which will last you a year, that's $45. So I'm not sure on this one. Can can you just buy one though? Because this
3: is the thing that confuses them in their box. You, you have to sort of subscribe, don't you? initially and i think you can unsubscribe obviously but i don't think you can just buy the one box and i might be wrong saying that but i think nerdblock you have to initially sign up to subscribe that's right Uh, and then and then you can cancel it whereas with the zavi ones you can just buy like the one box and stuff um and if anyone's sort of thinking well why would you if it's a load of tat why would you buy it um the the thing is you don't know what's in there (laughs) so you sort of take a punt you're basically buying a blind box of goodies. Um, I suppose is the best way to put it. You don't know what's in there till you get it. Um, the box itself, if that's how it comes, looks really nice. It's kind of got the TARDIS uh, sort of print all over it, which looks pretty decent actually. That's quite like, quite like the look of the box. Um, but yeah, it's just knowing what's inside. I mean, I was hugely disappointed in the Zavi one because it was a just a load of rubbish. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be a load of exclusive stuff, and it was like those TARDIS mints, which Forbidden Planet have had in stock for about 20 years you know and they got <laughs> hundreds of them hardly exclusive but but you know sometimes it can be good I think last time Nerdblock had an exclusive large titan of the 10th Doctor because I got him off of eBay in the end because um, you know a lot of people just buy them and then sell the bits they don't want and um, yeah so he was quite good can't remember what was different about him, but it was like an exclusive one you could only get in that box. Um, so, yeah, sometimes you get exclu- exclusive little bits like that. Other times you'll just get, um, like I think in the Zavi one, you got the TARDIS, materialising TARDIS, which you could pick up in Forbidden Planet. So that was a bit disappointing because it wasn't wasn't anything different. Yeah, so yeah. it's a bit of a gamble. But, yeah, I don't know, 40 quid, including shipping, or 40-odd quid, whatever it works out at, like, Not too bad, and yeah going by what they've done in the past possibly better than some of the other ones blind boxes out there so could be worth a punt yeah Yeah.
0: and i think what makes this one slightly different from the other one so when zavi did the the their box that was supposedly full of exclusive amazingness turned out to be completely rubbish um this one they so what zavi did was they said right we're we're just going to pick off the shelf all the doctor who stock that we've got at the moment you know and sort of badge it up as an exclusive thing whereas uh, these guys they have actually teamed up with the bbc so they have a, it is the officially licensed mm. geek nerd crate block whatever you want to call it yeah and it does say um in sort of the information about it uh, it does say that um uh Every other month, you'll get a brand new assortment of hand curated Timey Wimey exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. Mm, okay. so, they, so they do actually mm. state that that you won't the stuff inside it, it isn't something that you would just see on the shelf in Forbidden Planet, which is good. Um, yeah. And just to clarify the 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 payment for this, then, so where it says like one block bi monthly is forty nine dollars, that means that every two months they will charge you forty nine dollars. And it will just roll like that. Um, Until if you, want, you stop it. Yeah. If you wanted mm. to pay for three blocks at a time, um, then you have to pay for that as a big one-off payment. So you have to pay $140 odd, And that will get you six months worth of stuff because it's three blocks every other month. Or if you wanted to pay for a whole year and buy six blocks, you have to pay $275 as a one-time payment. So it works out cheaper because you're not paying as much Per block, however, you have got that big initial outlay to pay, or you can just pay for it every other month. And
3: I just want to be on be on clear on it. So, is it just one? You know, like is it just one box that's going to be Doctor Who, and then the next month something else like Star Wars, or is it that they're doing a whole series of Doctor Who? Uh,
0: no, this is just the Doctor Who. So every other month it will be a Doctor Who box.
3: Oh, okay. Well, that's a bit that's a bit interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hmm. So it
0: is called the Doctor Who official block. And it's right. the official licensed uh, BBC Doctor Who subscription service. So it's, yeah, oh, it's no. not just a one-off. And then next, so it's not like you buy for it this buy it this month, and then in two months it's DC. The next, yeah. the next one's Star Wars. This is just Doctor Who. Okay, so it might be worth a go. Yeah,
3: yeah. we'll wait and see. I normally scan YouTube to find a video of someone opening it, to see if it's worth getting <laughs> once it's released. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I might wait and do that. Yeah.
0: Anyways, yeah. that'll okay. for, uh, Is that merch done? No, oh, there's one one, more there's
3: one last bit. Yeah, it's got a couple of posters, a couple of, and a mug. <laughs> oh, I do love a mug. We do. Um, so, yeah, for those of you that liked um, the new promo picture that we got uh, the other week, which is basically Pearl hanging outside the TARDIS with the doctor hanging onto her and Nardole looking terrified in the background. Um, it's a be- nice shot, actually. I don't know who did the artwork. Um, but uh, yeah, GB posters, they've done like a framed print of it. Um, or just the poster itself if you want it and also a mug uh, which features (laughs) the image wrapped around it which um, i think looks really nice actually quite tempted with the mug so yeah if um if you like that image and you you feel like you want it on your wall or in your ceramic collection (laughs) then uh, go over to gbposters.com and they've got one there not bad price the framed one is uh 16.99 the poster itself is 4.99 and the mug is 7.99 too. Price-wise, pretty decent. I'm assuming there'll be a little bit of shipping included in there, or postage included, whatever. But yeah, it does make for quite a nice poster that one, actually. Mm. Yeah, I haven't got I haven't got a wall to put it on, but I might get the mug.
0: It does actually look. I really, I think we said this last week. When we went through the trailer and so on. I really, really like that image that they've used as the promo for Series Ten.
3: Yeah, yeah, I do as well. Yeah,
0: I know it's a little bit, um, you know, you can tell that that bill isn't actually floating she's just standing on the floor and they have angled her around a little bit but it does i think it does look really really cool
3: yeah no it's an it's a, it's a nice image yeah yeah i thought it'd be the bit inside the tardis that um irked you because they, they've got the sizing wrong if you if you zoom in on on the console behind peter and uh oh, yeah. Nardol, yeah. if you look at that they haven't quite got that right but it doesn't matter because it doesn't it still looks good but um if you want to be picky <laughs> there's a couple of bits they could have done better but it's a nice poster to, uh, let's put it that way so yes. it's a nice promo shot yeah so if you want that head over to gbposters.com GB and <laughs>
0: <laughs> gbposters.com i mm. oh, will put a link in there as well for that yeah. stuff and that is going to do for merch that's it indeedy right adam a good fellow Yes On to our review What we're doing this week mate
3: Let's jump on the fast lane Because this week (laughs) It's the 10th Doctor adventure Gridlock And we're slap bang In
0: the middle of New New York He has arrived Find him Before it's too
1: late (laughs) You've got to let her go I need to talk to the police The Doctor
2: Where is he? Very well-dressed for
1: a hitchhiker. People go missing on the motorway. Some cars just vanish, never to be seen again, because there's something living down there. What the hell are they? Help us! Oh, my God, I'm begging you, please, help us! The weather is at 36 degrees, and it's blue skies all the way home. This is Sally Calypso signing off. Missing you already.
0: I think you are ready. Mm. Quidlock uh, first uh, was first broadcast in April two thousand and seven. Uh, it was uh, written by RTD and directed by Richard Clark. Mm. Yeah, and story very briefly is thus: uh, the Doctor and Martha Jones uh, arrive on the um, arrive at the uh, very strange looking city, New New York. Um, on the planet New Earth, um, where everything seems very desolate and strange. And um, Martha gets kidnapped pretty early on, Dr. Chase is. And uh, as the doctor is giving Chase, he um, stumbles across a monumental traffic jam um, of all these floating trucks and vans and stuff. And I will say it pales in comparison to some of the commutes on the M1 in the morning and yeah so the doctor chases jumps inside a few of the um a few of the vans has a good old chat with a couple of people and uh slowly realizes that um uh, the the planet is just one huge traffic jam uh, it's not until he escapes uh, goes up into the uh the tower finds out that the population on the surface of the planet has been dest- uh, wiped out it's gonna say destroyed then that's a bit heavy has uh, been wiped out by a virus and uh the 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 remaining population have effectively been contained in an underground traffic jam, thus saving their lives, albeit a bit miserable. And um, uh, the uh, the doctor does in well, of course, save the day, along with the help of the face of Bo, the big old yeah. face, big old face, <laughs> and uh, mm. yeah. And we also have a couple of very deep conversations between the doctor and Martha along the way, and at the end. Mm. Mm. and so gridlock what are your thoughts on this one yeah gridlock um
3: i first off i would forgotten it's very it's sort of a very loose trilogy this isn't it which had completely um i just well they forgotten or completely gone over my head so it sort of links up a little bit with uh um new earth and what's the one before that the eccleston one end of the world i think it was wasn't it so That's it's right. a very yep. loose trilogy um with bow and, and new new york and all that um and uh, yeah I, I really enjoyed rewatching this the other night really enjoyed it actually oh. um yeah for some reason I always thought it was one of your favorite stories which is not is it I don't know where I got that from but um but uh, but it, it's never been one of my favorites but it's it's just one that I tend to forget about um although it's quite highly regarded um it's just not one I often go back to so i haven't watched it for a long 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 <laughs> long 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 time but um but i i i stuck it on last night or the night before whenever it was and i just thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was a great concept um great ideas in there very easy to follow i mean just a nice simple story and it's you know explained very well across the course of the 45 minutes um so nice little twists in it like when Martha's kidnapped but they're actually good guys and just real nice ideas like that so uh, yeah really like this one actually um, it's 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 always been one I, I liked but just never really too bothered about but I, I genuinely think um, you know it's, it's gone up in my estimation I think it's a real cracking little story yeah what about you mate because I, I don't know why I thought it was one of your favourites <laughs> so I must be thinking of someone else but is it is it one that you liked on a, on a rewatch?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I really like this story. And, um, yeah, for some reason you thought this was, um, one of my, I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, I
3: have got a friend that really loves this. I thought it was you, but it must be somebody else. Yeah. Yeah,
0: That always happens. Yeah.
3: It is quite highly regarded though, isn't it? I think a lot of people consider it to be a, a a real classic (laughs) of the RTD era. And I think it, for me, it just, um, for whatever reason, when it went out, I thought it was good, but I could never quite understand the fuss around it. I was thinking, yeah, it's good, but it's not, it's not all that, um, but having rewatched it, I do see why people like it so much. Yeah. Uh,
0: yes, I mean it, you can see the appeal. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Absolutely. And I wouldn't say it's my favourite of of the Tenant era or Series Three, um, but it is. You know, it is up there with, with some of the best stories. I would say. Mm. And yeah, I, for some reason, I really like this. But I, I, it's not one of the episodes that I've seen regularly over the years.
3: Yeah. Think, same.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, I watched this last night and I think that must have been maybe the fourth time that I'd seen it where if you think about some of the rewatches that I've gone through with the Tenant era, I've watched some of the episodes maybe seven, eight times. Yeah. So I've no, it's not one that I've watched that many, that, that often I would say. However, it's a cracking story. Mm. Um, it's, uh, and I think that's because it's one of those stories where uh, David Tennant is just on fire from start to finish. Uh, we have the very big, um, sort of happy go lucky, um, confident doctor from him. We also Mm. have the quite melancholy, you know, sad doctor as well. And then we also have a bit of humor in there as well. So for for me, uh, performance is just brilliant. Like Martha in it. I like the cast as well. Well, most of the cast and, uh, and the effects weren't too bad either for for 2007. They Same do wise. the job, don't yeah.
3: they? Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, they they do vary. Um, I think there there are some shots that to me look terribly dated, but I I mean that sort of stuff never really bothers me. But um, they still sort of do the job if you like. But then on the other end of it, like you'll get the end shot of the where we get the city in the sunlight at the end is an incredibly beautiful cgi shot and and just looks great even now i just think well, what a great bit of cgi mm. whereas some of the other bits you sort of think oh dear that looks dated now but yeah i mean there's nothing in it where i thought oh you know it looks bad or they haven't let's put it this way you can tell that they've put the effort in like sometimes if cgi is bad you just feel like they've got the they sort of think well that's only on screen for a second no one's going to care about that mm-hmm. whereas in this you can see that there's definitely effort gone in um and all, all the cgi in it and there is quite a bit with all the cars and stuff, um, even when it doesn't look that convincing, it still does the job and looks good. I think, but uh, but that end shot is beautiful, isn't it? That you know when they we see the city and it's all in, lit up in the sunlight and the cars are sort of finally going up into the sky, absolutely looks amazing. Yeah. So really yeah, it nice. sounds incredibly well for for something that was uh, what 2007. Did you say?
0: That's right. Yep.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, it looks good. Overall, it does look, overall it's a very nice looking episode actually considering how confined it is. I mean, a lot of it is in that car. And if you've ever seen the um, production photos from this, uh, (laughs) I can imagine it wasn't the most comfortable uh, or enjoyable experience filming it because they literally just, I think, built one car and kept redressing it, I think. Um, And it was pretty cramped. I mean, it is like a proper sort of car that they built. I assume they must've had some panels that they could take out the, to get the cameras in there but it does still look really confined so and obviously the rest of it's just green screen um and all that sort of thing so yeah i think considering what they had to work with they do a pretty good job and uh overall direction's pretty decent i think yeah yeah
0: Yeah. no i concur Mm.
3: yes i just found myself getting very wrapped up in it and i think whenever i've Sort of thought. Whenever I think of this story in my mind from memory, I always thought there was loads of humour in it, and I think in my head I thought there wasn't much story. I think that's why I've don't a bit like you. I don't always go back to this one very often, although I quite enjoy it. It's not when I. I put on very often and mm-hmm. I think it's because in my head I always think it's a bit lightweight um and watching it the other night actually I found there's loads of great stuff in there you know there's loads of things going on in it and it and it isn't boring at all actually it's a you know it's a good simple story there is some nice humor in it I, I just thought there was a lot more RTD-ness about it in my head I thought there was a, some silliness you know I was thinking yeah when he's jumping from car to car I thought we got to see lots of different characters more than we do and i just sort of remember thinking some of it, some of them were silly but that's my mind playing tricks because actually everybody we get to meet is really fun and we just see them enough when they're not over the top um and it's it's a yeah it's a great idea i think of the doctor jumping from car to car just to sort of move things <laughs> on a bit and and get to meet all these different characters in each car i thought it was a lovely idea actually
0: yeah it was um <laughs> yeah i mean some of the concepts within the story are um when you said it's very confined. Yeah. I find that, I found that part of it quite uncomfortable really, Mm. because, um, there are times where you're stuck in traffic only for maybe 20 minutes, half an hour. And that really does my head in. Yeah. You know, if if I'm stuck in a car for, for more than 20 minutes, I start just getting agitated and I just, you know, I can't, I don't want to sit in traffic, you know? So these, I found that incredible part of the story where life has just evolved really just for people living in their cars Mm. because the, the, one of the, the casts that pops up in it throughout, you know, um, uh, the, the cat gentleman and his missus who had like the little baby cats. Yeah. You know, they, they had been born in the traffic jam in the car. And then we have like the old couple, you know the the, the the two old girls who were, you know, they had been, you know, basically living their relationship out in the car. Yeah. And the, and the couple that kidnapped Martha, the girl's pregnant, and she's basically come to terms with the fact that she's not going to give birth anywhere other than in the car. So I found that part of the story, um, equally just brilliant by Russell T. Davis, but also really uncomfortable and to watch because it's just claustrophobic throughout yeah. pretty much the entire episode. So, yeah, I think it's um, it's a really interesting story as well as a, a good, a well-acted, you know, good thing. So what? let's talk a little bit about um, uh, direction and stuff like that because I thought mm-hmm. for, a, like you said, for pretty much for a confined episode that's only a couple of sets really, um, I thought it was really well really well directed. And it must be difficult to, to bring a story to life when you've only got like, because um, the, the, we have the, the, the sets that we see as like the sort of back alley street at the beginning when they land. Yeah. With the, in, so they're you
3: know, selling the patches or whatever.
0: Selling the little patches, yeah. Then we yeah. see various interiors of people's cars. And that was interesting as well, how the interiors mm. of, of people's cars reflect their, their sort of family or personality or whatever. Yeah. And then we see like the big chamber almost up in one of the towers where the face of Bo is and so on. So that's really all we've got, I think pretty much. Um, yeah. yeah. So I thought it was a great sort of, um, sort of a job well done if you like from, from Richard Clark to bring a story to life where you've only got those few sets and interiors to work with. And I thought it was, it was reasonably quick pace, but it wasn't so quick that things are like rushing past. And you don't know what's going mm. on because, um, there there were several moments in the story where it does dial back a lot and it's just about you know some quite deep conversations so um you know in the TARDIS at the beginning where Martha's you know asking about you know doctors where we're going to go and stuff like that and and then towards the end where the doctor has a conversation with the face of Bo and yeah and uh and the cat lady, what's her name? Haim. Novi- Novis Haim. Novis Haim, yeah. And then yeah. at the end as well, where it's obviously very emotional and sad, where the doctor's mm. telling Martha about Gallifrey. But in between that, it was quite, you know, quite edited quite quickly, and it moves along at a decent pace. So that was one. that's one of the aspects that keeps me sort of hooked, if you like, throughout the story. Mm.
2: I thought
3: yeah. the pacing was really good, um, and I say that with a little bit of surprise in my voice because I think I thought initially, or at least I remember it being a bit slow. I remember thinking, "Oh, it's it, you know, it takes a while to get going and all that." Um, but I, I th- actually, on the rewatch, thought the pacing was was spot on. Like you said, it doesn't doesn't rush, but it doesn't drag. Uh, it just moves the story along very quickly, and it's a, it's a nice surprise at the start when Martha gets kidnapped because that kind of comes out of nowhere because they're they're just having a bit of a chat at that point, aren't they? um yeah. yeah and it starts off really nice as well with martha because this is really early on in the doctor and martha's sort of relationship in it so there he's sort of saying where do you want to go you know i promise you one trip but we'll you know i'll give you another trip because we can say one in the future one in the past whatever so you know where do you want to go and she's talking about you know take me to gallifrey you, you know, I well, want oh, yeah. let, let me meet yeah. your people. And I, I you know, this lovely scene at the start, which I'd completely forgotten about. Um, and yes, I have to say, Tennant really plays that scene well. Because mm-hmm. he's it's just, again, all in the face, isn't it? You can just tell he's like yeah. trying to avoid it. He's like, oh, I don't really want to. He's looking down at the console, trying to look busy. You know, I don't really want to talk about Gallifrey. Um <laughs> She picks up on it. Like, what's going on? So the fact that it then comes full circle and we get to that lovely scene at the end where she's like, "I'm not moving till you, you know, till you tell me what's going on on Gallifrey," because like, you know, you're lying to me. And he's like, "Okay." And he sort of yeah. You know. So I thought that was really nice how it started with that. We had the adventure. Yep. You know, the doctors realizes that even though Martha's on board, you know, because he does say a couple times, oh, "We've only just met." And the guy's like, "But you're risking to, you're willing to risk your life for someone you've only just met or something," and all that. And I thought, yeah, it's great because it does show a nice building of friendship between the doctor and martha um and it ties in a lot with the fact that he lost rose as well because i think he's trying to purposely not get close yep. to something yep. again but he's kind of forced to do that in this story so it serves a purpose in that sense as well so um yeah i just thought it was a lovely scene at the beginning and a lovely scene at the end and um and and a good sort of adventure in the middle uh, so it's kind of perfect in that sense actually the way it all just fit together very nicely yeah. if you like I don't know if you will agree with me though, but that end scene, you know, when, um, she plunks the chair down and forces him to talk about Gallifrey and then he starts describing it and it's such a lovely scene between the two of them and then the camera just lifts up and you're leaving them. I don't know about you, but I always think, no, stay, I want to hear the rest. Yeah. yeah. You know, I remember the first time I watched that thinking, oh wow, we're finally going to get to hear about it. And then we only get like the beginning where the doctor's describing the Citadel and all that and. You know, I just you you I don't know. You just really want to hear the rest of that conversation, I think, and it's uh it's great in many ways that we don't, because it just leaves you wanting more, and it just gives us just a little, little bit to go on, and you know, and not too much, and it's a, it's perfect really. But every time that camera pans away, I'm like, no, 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 go back down. I want to hear it all, you know.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, Just because the way that they're playing it, and Tennant's so good when he's like describing. Gallifrey and that you can totally visualise all, all the stuff he's saying and, and all
0: and all that so yeah that's really cool. Scene. yeah I love how they how they do that where it sort of leaves you thinking well what else were they what else what did he, he tell her? her yeah yeah you know yeah. how long were they sat there you know were mm. they sat there for hours and he's going through all of the stuff about Gallifrey that maybe a lot of us hadn't have heard in any of the episodes or Big Finish you know yeah. it's like how much did he tell her you know so yeah. it is cool but in another way it's it's uh, it is frustrating because you're like, what did he say? Go back down. What did he say? Yeah. So I, I really also, just,
3: yeah. also I'm not sure at this point cause I can't remember, but I'm not sure how much we knew about the time war as a viewer at this point, because mm. I don't think we knew that much, but I could be wrong because obviously this is, uh, you know, quite a few years ago now and I can't remember. We, you know, like Chris mentions the odd bit I, I remember. And then, you know, we get little bits here and there and now, but I, yeah, I don't think at this point we really knew much, did we, about the Time War. Um, from Not what really. I remember, it's so long ago that I can't think. But I think this is, yeah, again, perhaps that's why I want to hear more because I think at the time, as so I was sort of thinking, he's finally talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then we don't get to find out much more than the fact it was the Daleks and a big war and lots of people died. And, yeah, so I don't know. But I can't remember. In the midst of time, it's all got jumbled up because obviously now we know – quite a lot about the time war and we know what happened and what and all that sort of thing so yeah it's difficult to say yeah
0: it's um yeah because i think the i think eccleston's doctor mentions it doesn't he
3: he yeah because actually again it's in the uh, sort of again comes back to that loose trilogy of three stories because he mentions it at, at the end of the end of the world doesn't he when rose him and rose are he's he's having that chat with them on the busy street um and he sort of mentions there was a war and all my people died or something. I'm sure it's at the end of the episode, isn't it? I can remember she's in like the red top and uh, I'm sure it's at the end of the episode. It's, it's, he's sort of saying that the, the yes, planet yep. burned. And again, you only get like a couple of minutes and then we're off and we don't hear much more after that, but I'm sure he does start talking about it in that one.
0: Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, mm. I think so. Um, so yeah, in terms of the time war and stuff, it's, uh, yeah, it's, we we we're so because I, I imagine it when it went out origi- originally was broadcast a lot of fans were probably like wow this is this is great we're going to hear about you know and then it just it leaves you wanting more so that's quite cleverly you know written I, I suppose in that respect
3: i'm sure that's what i was like that's why i that's why i don't think we knew that much at this point because i'm sure at the time i was getting all excited thinking ah right at last we're going to get more information on this time war and then i don't think we we don't really um but we also do get another great piece of loose linking i wouldn't call it story arc but something else thrown right in there which which again is just perfect is uh Beau revealing his secret because in new earth he says we shall meet for the third time on yeah. the yeah. last time yeah. <laughs> and i shall tell you something but not now <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> and so he finally gets to tell the doctor this big secret, which just turns out to be, you are not alone. Um, and I remember, like, you know, the first time I watched that, thinking, well, what does that? What? What does that mean? Yeah. And obviously, like, you know, all the rumors start flying around. It's you know, the <laughs> master's coming back. And you're like, oh. And again, it's brilliant, isn't it? Because we all know what what went on to be. Mm-hmm. Um, with John Sim and all that. So, we, you know, when we watch it now, we're thinking, oh, we know what he's talking about. But back then, I think there was still a little bit of mystery
0: from what I remember. Yeah. Yes. And there was also um, some, some rumours and stuff that went flying around um, after the, the face of Boward had, had, had bit the dust, so to speak, mm. um, that the origins of his character... Yeah, now, what do you think of that? So, um, yeah, so the long and short of it is there is a theory that the face of Bo is Captain Jack. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
3: (laughs) Now, is that just RTD just throwing a flippant joke in there? Or do you think there is some substance? Could he be Jack?
0: Well, of course he could be. He could be. You know, there's (laughs) there's nothing to say that he, he couldn't be. I'm trying to
3: think, what is the story where Jack says that it, it might be utopia? No, or it's something
0: like the last of the time Lords.
3: Oh, is it the last of the yeah. time Lords? Cause he sort of, it's, it's a real throwaway comment. He's like, there, it's him. The doc is Jack, the doctor and Martha chatting like in, uh, in Wales. And then, um, he sort of goes off and says, Oh, the face of Bo, they used to call me. And then Martha looks at the doctors just to say, no, he's not the face of Bo. Is he? And it's like, and that's what it is, isn't it? It's because Jack just references that he used to be known as the face of Bo at some point or something.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So in that, in that episode, yeah. Yeah. Captain Jack says his nickname. Nickname. Yeah. Yeah. uh, was the face of Bo. And, uh, and we also have, so in this episode in Gridlock, when I think the, I think the face of Bo calls the doctor his old friend. That's right. As well. And I think Captain Jack has called the doctor that before my old friend. So there are some, and I I can't remember exactly what the, what was, if anything came of that, but I'm pretty sure that Russell T Davis, um, you know, I think he did want to explore that from what I remember. I think I'm, I'm, where did I read that? I I read it somewhere that he wanted to explore that and maybe.
3: It might be in the writer's tale. Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah. He sort of wanted to throw it out there. That was a theory that could have some, some merit to it. But Hmm. then I think he was, sort of bullied into just getting on with it from what I, I remember.
3: I kind of prefer it though. I, I kind of like it left open. Um, I don't think I want it. I don't think I want it confirmed either way, really. Cause I just like the fact that it could be, if you know what I mean, I don't really want to know. Yes, it is. Or no, it isn't. I just like the fact that they could be the same person somehow. Yeah. You know? Cause obviously Jack's in in distru- way. Well, no, sorry. He's not indestructible. Is he? He's, um, he can't be killed or he keeps coming back to life or, whatever so there is that chance that he could end up like in that chamber as a big old face i don't know there are the it could happen but yeah i don't know i just like the fact it's just it's just out there and you can read into it or as little as you want you know
0: um yeah i mean i'm I'm not sure how i'm not too bothered by it really i mean it's quite cool Mm. like you say that it's not confirmed so it's just down down to you know sort of loads of uh, fan theories to to just mull it over and make their own minds up but i think it is quite telling that the jack uh, that jack does say that one of his nicknames was the face of Bo. that is a bit of mm. a you know yeah that is quite telling there but who knows
3: yeah we should probably never know but we
0: yeah unless uh russell c davis comes back and writes a spin-off show called the face of bow oh, and his adventures that's... or whatever
3: <laughs> the young the young adventures of the face of <laughs> or,
0: or you know maybe John Barrowman will get his way and Torchwood will come back but it'll be like a prequel series so it'll be like the life and times of early Jack Harkness and then it'll go into a proper series of Torchwood and then it'll be a sequel where it's like the dying years of Captain Jack and yeah maybe RTD will write it the bow years the bow years yeah <laughs> yeah um, there's,
3: there's a spin off.
0: there's a spin-off for you we're doing a bloody job for him. I know. Crikey. Mm-hmm. Um who came yeah. I've got an idea for a spin off. Yeah, how about how about this one? There's a bunch of kids. Oh no. Alright. Uh so uh so the face of Bo aside, um, because he is quite an important character in the story, in both that he's sort of integral to you know, the the big message that he gives the Doctor at the end, you know, that sort of Mm. kicks off the the Master and everything, you know, in later episodes. But he's also physically responsible for keeping the population alive because it's his kind of life force, I suppose, and he's the energy that he sort of linked himself up to the main sort of central system, hasn't he? And he's keeping it all going. So I thought that was quite heartbreaking in a way because, you know, he's sort of using up all of his life force and everything to sort of save everyone else.
3: Yeah. I, I thought, that, yeah, I know what you mean. And it's because all the people that are stuck in the traffic jam, you assume they're sort of living hell, but actually they're, they're just the people that have been saved. haven't they from this. Um, and also this is the other thing I like about the story, which, uh, i would forgotten about. So the people that have all been wiped out in the city, hmm. it's because of these patches, which are only sort of mentioned now and again in the story, but it turns out that it was because they invented one called bliss. I think, um, and it turned out to, you know, it amalgamated into some sort of airborne virus, which wiped out the population. So I thought oh, that's good because we've we've sort of, you know, they've just been subtly put in the story, but we haven't really sort of thought much about them. But the fact that they've turned out to be quite important, I thought was really good. So mm. they've wiped out the population. All these people have been shoved. <laughs> um, is it underground or wherever this gridlock is? So all those people that we think are, you know, trapped in their cars, or whatever, they're actually been saved but they're only being saved because Bo's plugged himself into the <laughs> main computer and is keeping everything going and keeping them under there. But, um, but then it sort of turns out, I suppose, you know, to wrap up the story that the virus is now cleared so he yeah. can let them all out, I suppose. Yeah, um, it's really sad. but that's the only yeah. thing that I found a little bit rushed because I was thinking, well, you know, they probably could have gone a, a long time ago. Like the doctor realizes very quickly that the virus is probably gone or, um i felt that i just felt the explanation was a bit quick if you know what i mean he's like oh no it's fine now you can let them all out and then bo you know dr flitches flicks a few switches and bo opens up the the roof so that they can all fly out and they're all back you know outside and it's you know so it's a great ending but i was sort of thinking but it, it's it did seem a little a tad rush to me because i think well if bo could do that why didn't he do it before um, right, you know right. I mean to Only flitch, flicks a few switches maybe there was more to it that we didn't see possibly but I yeah. did have to sort of, in terms of storyline thinking well, why didn't you do that before why what, you know but and how did they know it was the, the virus had gone sort of thing yeah. Um, yeah but yeah I mean it it does work in terms of just wrapping the story up but I did think it was uh, a little bit quick
0: if you like a little bit and it, well, that brings me on to something I was going to say actually there was certain elements of the story that they couldn't flesh out because, and I'm not saying it should have been a two-parter or anything, but there was no. certain elements that you really really, well, i especially wanted to know more because the whole concept of the story was that pretty much the entire population was trapped in a traffic jam. That mm-hmm. was where they were. But there were two elements that I wanted them to explore a bit more. The first one was that not everybody is in the traffic jam. So when the Doctor and, and Martha land, it, you know, and they're walking down that sort of Dodgy-looking alleyway. You do have like the 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 vendors there selling oh, the yeah. um, selling the 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 emotions, patches. the patches, yeah. the emotion patches, and so on. So there's obviously people that are not stuck in in their cars and vans. There are people knocking about. So I wanted to sort of find out a bit more about where they live because they obviously don't live in their cars, or maybe they do. Yeah, that's true. I somewhere. hadn't thought about that. Yeah. And the other thing was, you know when. I think it's when Haim is on the on she's tracking down the doctor mm. and and she she jumps into um one of the cars she does mention something about because she's got like a, a a gun with her hasn't she and she does mention something about pirates oh yeah, so that would have been quite good to explore that as well, so I quite like the the idea of like there's you know like this sort of um, sort of renegade, <laughs> mm. um, sort of uh, sort of criminals and outlaws that are maybe sort of hopping into people's vans and robbing them and so on. And um, but we never see anything like that because there just wasn't enough time within the story to flesh those things out. But you can tell that there was a, a much bigger world and things going on. I mean, I know that the story yeah. wanted the viewer to sort of focus in on that the population was assen- essentially trapped in a in a in a, in a loop basically, because there's no sunlight and they're, mm. they're trapped under, underground, um, it almost you almost feel like that they're being sort of duped because all they're doing really is going in a giant circle for years and yeah. years and years, you know? And um, it's almost like oppressive... Well, it's not oppressive. It's like a sort of pseudo-oppressive culture, isn't it? Because there's no one person masterminding it all because, you know, the, 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 the governors or whoever, they're all dead. So it's like this automated thing where you have the hologram each morning that you know right. that, that sort of pops up and keeps them going and they all sing the hymn and and all that stuff um but there's a lot more in the story actually that you don't necessarily lock onto especially the first time you watch it because you just f- focus so much on the theory that everyone's trapped but actually that's not the case. there's a lot mm-hmm. more going on, but we just didn't have time unfortunately to to look into it so um yeah, maybe a big finish can flesh that out a bit more or something, I don't know. But. Yeah, because
3: it's a bit like the police, isn't it? They're, they're The doctor says, you know, you all, you all rely on the police, but have you ever actually seen them in the last sort of 20 years or whatever? And they're like, um, no, I've never seen, you know, so there's all these sort of things out there to keep them in place. And like you said, I think Branigan might mention pirates as well at some point or something. And I think pirates do get mentioned twice. So you, yeah, like you said, you get you get the idea there's a much bigger picture out there. Um, I, I think perhaps if it had been an hour episode, it would have just given just a little bit more room just to have maybe fleshed out a few things. Because the other bit, you know, that I'm going to knock a point off here for, because it's just, again, too quick and just wraps up the story, is the fact that Martha, the Doctor spends all the episode trying to get to Martha. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she just walks around the corner back into the room. And I was like, how did she get there? <laughs> that, uh, you know, that's I thought that was not well I don't know if I would call it lazy but I think again it's just there to to wrap everything up but I, I did sort did you think that she just she spends you know they spend the whole episode trying to find each other and then um no. we never see her dropped off or anything she just literally walks in the room and goes hi I'm back and oh who's this
0: well I thought that I didn't think there was anything wrong with that bit because oh. the doctor says I'm transmitting you coordinates on how to find me
3: oh okay I must have missed that line then yeah
0: so, okay. But I can see how it would look very convenient that she just strolls in. She's, I
3: didn't. Yeah. I didn't yeah. hear him say that. I was probably must. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just thought, cause yeah, she just suddenly walks back around the corner. She, she does. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't hear him say about the coordinates. So, okay, that's, that's fair enough. I, I might need to add an extra 0.5 onto my score then.
0: Yeah. It's now a, a two and not a one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I but think but it's no, it's not yeah. a big thing. Yeah. yeah. It's something like that anyway. Maybe not exactly, yeah. but, but yeah. I think you're right. Actually. Um, yeah. And let's, um, so along with like the main, sto- before we rattle through some characters, so the main story arc then, yeah. what was, we also have these giant crab creatures, don't we, called the Makra or the Macra, whatever. Mac- yeah. Um, and I th- I, it is one of those stories actually where I actually quite liked the very short description and explanation as to why they're there. Mm. So the Doctor does say that, you know, millions well maybe billions of years ago they were quite intelligent creatures and they've devolved into devolved, yeah yeah. so i quite like that so basically he doesn't have to we don't have to go through loads of expositions so we find out what you know who they were originally and why they're there and all that stuff essentially they just devolved into these um just creatures that just throw you know they just live to eat and you know and And that's it. That's their only purpose. And they live right down on the surface. Where, um... so I thought this was quite interesting as well. So, if you've they've essentially got this carpool theory going on, haven't they? Carpool lane, where if you've got three or more passengers, you can descend down into the fast lane.
3: But that's the other thing I need to explain. Actually, so yeah, that's that's the way they do it. But if you go to the fast lane, the chances are you're going to get killed. So is that just a way of? What's the purpose for that, or does the bow not know that they're down there?
0: I'm not sure because I I thought that was part of the 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 plan of these creatures yeah. is to get people down into the fast lane so that they can, you know, capture them and and have dinner. Yeah. So I think that I think bef- I think that's the the thing, you know, that's part of their plan, if you like. Um, so that yeah i mean they didn't go into great detail about that did they they didn't really explain. no it's
3: not much of an explanation again another sort of 15 minutes if it had been an hour episode they could have perhaps explained that a bit better because it, again it works in terms of um being a, a fun piece of television because it adds a bit of adventure because there's there's no real monster or baddie in this story so to speak um so it's quite nice when we get that little extra element of having the macro in it especially as they're you know from a trouted episode that has Lost, you know, long lost in the vault. So it was quite a nice surprise at the time. I think when it was revealed to be the macro down there, it was like a real nice shout back to the classic series from RTD. But without doing anything too much with it, it's just a nice little, you know. I wouldn't, it's, I wouldn't call it fan service at all because it's, it's it, 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 totally works. I think, yeah, yeah, you know, it's um like you said, the fact they've devolved as well. Um, I just thought it was a real nice little bit that was put in there but yeah i'm not quite sure about the fast lane i couldn't quite get my head around because presumably people think the fast lane is where they need to be because they everyone's trying to get three people to go down there but obviously anyone who does go down there is liable to die which they don't realize and i'm thinking well who's set who's set that up or is it just that it's evolved and happened and yep. yeah so there's not much explanation there but it is still it does still make for a fun bit of television i think just adds a little bit of adventure in there
0: it does yeah and i think um i think it started off so when the big traffic jam first started so excuse me i think the i think there was rumors or it started off that you could go into the fast lane but because people were disappearing it just became sort of rumor and hearsay it's like if you go into the fast lane you know some people go missing and all that stuff but because there's no police around and there's nothing else going on nobody can prove otherwise nobody knows it's just a thing you know so it's quite, it, all in all, it's quite clever. It I is, would say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does work, yeah. Old RTD, it's clever yeah. chap. Um, right, let's talk about some characters. Um, let's talk about some of the people in the cars um, that the, the doc, that Doctor and, and Martha come across. So we have, mm. um, uh, so what's the first car that he jumps in? It's the cat guy, isn't it? With um, That's Brannigan, isn't it?
3: Ardlo Harlan that's it um, yeah yeah and
0: uh and his missus who have got the very cute little kittens <laughs> um, <so laughs> yeah so she,
3: there's a nice scene with tenant with that cat actually
0: yeah <laughs> yeah so she's given birth to um to some very cute little kittens and the doctor's all over it It's very cute cutie um yeah. and uh and i thought so who was the so he's been in quite a few things hasn't he
3: well he's best known for Father Ted, isn't he? Right. For playing Dougal. Dougal Although obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't recognise him under the cat mask, which actually is fairly decent actually. I thought the makeup and the mask he's got on is uh pretty good in this, did you? Hmm. Yeah, I did. I mean you can yeah. you can see a bit around the eyes where it's been thing. But I thought I thought he he looked pretty good as a character, as this sort of cat tiger, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> um yeah, so Arnold O'Harlan. Yeah, did you ever watch Father Ted?
0: i I did, yeah.
3: Yeah, great series, and obviously he very he funny. was good in yeah. that. So in this, he's playing a, I would say a fun character. Um, I don't think he overdoes the comedy. I think he's he's quite likable actually in it. I, I thought he was pretty good it? Uh, it yes. in it. Yes, yeah. as Dougal, he plays very much the sort of um, simpleton, really, doesn't he? He's always he's just a bit, bit it's thick. Just, yeah, yeah, he's played, that's yeah. the character he plays. But in this, you know, he's a bit more, yeah, just a good character. I thought
0: yeah he was quite he was quite likable as well wasn't he yeah he was, very likable yeah, yeah that's what I like about um, a lot of the rtd stuff is that the characters are very um very likable um or they're written in a way that you know you're not really a fan of it but it's but that's the, the his exact intention so I really like that you know it's like his mm-hmm. character work I've said this so many times he does that so well like the interaction like his just coming up with characters is great and his interactions between characters is always great. Um and but the thing is he doesn't he doesn't write them in the way where they have to try too hard to come across as either likable or a bad guy or a bit sinister. The script is there in and is done in such a way where they can just act it out really well, you know, on screen. Whereas some of the Moffat era, again, I hate, you know, I don't really want to bash, you know a lot of his stuff too much but you can tell that the actors are really really trying hard mm-hmm. to make good of a not so great script in terms of like dialogue between people
3: i think no there's there's an absolute truth in that because if you think about it you've got this cat person with a um you know attractive human and it could be laughed off the screen if it wasn't written right. But to mm-hmm. me, they're totally believable as a couple. It's just like, cause of the way that they act. And the, and like you said, the dialogue is very natural. Mm-hmm. The performance is very natural. But if you think about it, what you're actually watching, you know, is a bit crazy. You know, this was, <laughs> she's supposed to have given birth to these kittens, but you're not sat there thinking, well, this is ridiculous, you know, I'm, I'm sat there thinking, oh, you know, these are, you know, I can believe these guys are together, and have been trapped in this van for all these years, and they're just a a family on their way, you know, living their lives, that, you know, I think they're totally believable, and I think you're right, I think a lot of that is down to the dialogue, because if you look at it from the outside, it could be, it could be ridiculous, if you know what I mean, In the fact, they've got kitten babies in the back of the van. I mean, it it's, it, you know, it is. A lot of it's down to dialogue, and that's RTD. Just bring characters to life. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I like those guys. They were quite cool. Yeah. Uh, what about the old couple, then? The old married couple? What do you I l-
3: love the old married yeah. couple. So what are they called? The, 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 the sister? Uh, no, what does he call them? Is it Alice and May? i think so yeah Yeah. but he calls them like the hay he calls them sisters and she's like you know very well we're not sisters we've been married for years or something like that yeah um because i i do remember at the time people were like um a very small corner of fandom or whatever you want to call it we're like oh rtd just has to go and put the gay thing in there doesn't he just has to do it (laughs) has to have a gay couple and all this I think they're charming and it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel shoehorned into me at all. I just think it's a really nice scene between the two of you know, just the fact it's just this couple that have, you know, you get the feeling they've been together forever because they're both quite yep. old, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and they're both, she's like, trust me to end up with a van spotter or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once again, comes back to what you said, just really nice characters that yep. you just. I instantly liked them instantly got on board with the fact that they're, you know, been together for years, probably drive each other nuts, but love each other very much. And you're just like, well, that's them in a nutshell. Yeah. You know, brilliant. That's, um, that's, they a,
0: are, yeah. that's exactly what I thought after like literally 10 seconds of them two being in it. You just, inst- you, there's no questioning it. You just think, Oh, they're a, a normal couple that have been yeah. together for donkey's years that get on each other's nerves now. And then, you know, and yeah. it, and that's, that's, perfect it's just perfect you yeah, know probably
3: polar opposite she's like the geeky one and the yeah. other one's like you know the the, the the you know doesn't have any interest in it but yeah it's just i don't know it's just relatable i guess yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. a bit well, like
0: in, you know with some couples where you have one of them who's like you know mr or mrs <laughs> neighborhood watch they're always nosy peeking out the window yeah. seeing what's going on it's basically like that isn't it because one of yeah. them's like constantly writing down all the news that's going on She's over the radio lists. and yeah, yeah what's going on. And the other ones are like, oh crikey, here we go again. Yeah. A van spotter. Yeah. And do you know what? But, the whole the whole gay couple thing, that does that doesn't even matter. Doesn't even come into it as to if they're, you know, gay or not. Whatever. That's just
3: No, no, I just I just remember at the time because um, you know, I think people were just a bit like if if Russell put any sort of gay reference or oh, know. you know i think yeah. the bit were like where jack kissed the doctor at the end of it and people like you know there were there was a very small section i'm not even gonna say fandom i don't even know you know a small section of people maybe the press or fans or whatever who were just like oh he has to do it doesn't he, he just has to t- you know yes russell we know you're gay why do you have to put it in doctor who you yeah. know there was definitely a small minority of people that were saying that at the time um i don't think now like you know time's have changed even since then, to be honest. I don't think anybody would think anything of it now, but, but I do remember, cause obviously I watched these when they first went out. I do remember every time okay. there was any reference like, Oh, Jack's bisexual is he? Oh, right. Well, of course it's RTD. Oh, he would do, you know, there was, there was always a very small minority of people that would say things like that. Um, but I don't think anyone thinks anything of it now, uh, at all. I mean, I don't watch that scene and think, Oh yes. RTD, old gay couple, of course. Oh, RTD. You know, I just, it doesn't, I don't think that at all. I just think, oh, I love these two.
0: Yeah. You know, love yeah.
3: this scene. Uh, you know, yeah. And it's definitely, it, they, they
0: yeah. great. it's definitely a generational thing. Yeah. Um, we were watching, um, any anyone in the UK that watches a program called Gogglebox. That oh,
2: is,
0: yeah. If you watch it, everyone's watching. Yeah, it. yeah. We were, we were watching it the other night, and my son, who was going to be 10 in May, um, one of the couples on Gogglebox is these two, um, these two guys. They're hairdressers that live down in Brighton, and they used to be a couple, but they've separated and they're with other partners. And but they still hang out, you know, on an evening and watch TV for Gogglebox and so on. And my son said very just casually, off the cuff, he was like, "Oh, are those two married?" Mm. And we said, "No, they're not. They used to be together, but they're, but they're just friends now." And he was like, oh, "Okay." Yeah, you know, so it must. And I, I imagine if I sat I don't think my son's watched this episode, but I imagine if I sat down and watched it, he wouldn't even blink an eye, yeah. you know, at that reference or anything like that. So I can completely see what you're saying, because I wouldn't have watched this when it went out on the TV because I wasn't watching who then. But I can imagine there would have been, you know, a bunch of people. like, Oh, here we go.
3: Yeah, I think it's just because it was RTD. I just remember there was a, uh, and it was a very small minority, but yeah. um, I think a little bit in the press as well. I think they, it was very easy to jump on that that bandwagon in terms of the press because of, of RTD having done the Queer as Folk and that, and they were saying, you know, oh, he doesn't need to bring it into Doctor Who. Why is he doing that sort of thing? And, you know, and again, it, as has been, like you said, as we've moved on and times have changed, it's now become, you know, but it, it basically he's showing back then that it's, it's perfectly normal to have these two people in that relationship. And yeah. like you said, nowadays it's just, it's, it's seen that way, but perhaps not so much when it went out, but yeah, it just goes to show that he's, he was very much thinking ahead Forward thinking. Russell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And they're a great couple. They're very funny, not intentionally sort of over the top funny, but they are funny. No, yeah, it's a nice yeah. performance from the two, two actors. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I like also that the, um, Uh, Brannigan and his wife they've obviously been traveling in quite close proximity to these old girls in the traffic jam for a long time because Mm. you know he's he knows them very well he's got nicknames for them they obviously know of each other and I really like that because even though they can't go outside of the vans because of the terrible pollution because the doctor nearly chokes Mm. to death doesn't he so the terrible fumes and they can't go outside so all they've got is communication over the radio but you can tell that they've been Alongside or in near each other in the traffic jam for a long time, because they're having a laugh and a joke and they know each other, and I think that's quite good as well.
3: Yeah, yeah. Again, it builds up the the relationship and characters, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's nice. I, I love the scene when the doctors jump in from van to van. Um, just meeting all these different yeah. people increase and the fact that he sort of takes things from each van so like you said about the smoke so when he goes into one van he says oh can i just borrow this and puts on like the face um scarf yeah to try and yeah. uh help his breathing and stuff and it's just what a lovely idea just going van to van just picking the bits he needs and you get to see all these different characters on the way and um the last guy he ends up with is quite a sort of posh english gents isn't he he's like we have got some water well yeah. certainly you know yeah really nice idea actually
0: yeah yeah i like that each each person has got their own the van has got like its own personality if you like the way yeah. they've chitted it out yeah. so the old doris they've the old is they've got a very homely you know sort of um like you know and, knitting yeah, and that, yeah and then the guy who's very prim and proper in the suit and you know, he look his looks very different to so.
3: This is like an office. He's got like the big water t- yeah, um, yeah thing where you'd get your water cup and all that, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um let's talk about the couple then that kidnapped Martha. So this is Cheen and Milo. Mm. Um so I thought that that I was quite surprised when I very first watched it because they're actually okay people. You know, they yeah, were just yeah. you know, society has just forced them to do something quite terrible in order to just you know get to where they need to go because once they kidnap martha in the van they're actually quite nice to her they're like you know don't worry as soon as we get there we'll drop you off <laughs> you know we're not gonna do anything bad to you we just need you in the car just for you know number of bodies sake <laughs> yeah. So, you know don't worry not gonna do anything because i imagine that martha's probably crapping herself but yeah well, I
3: was gonna say, that's a great scene isn't it because martha's all fired up ready for like what What's going on here?
0: And then they're just like they're just sat there like, oh,
3: don't worry about it. We're really sorry, but we we just needed you for numbers. So it's it's all good. We're not going to hurt you. Don't worry about it. Chill out, relax. And she's just a bit like, what the hell's going on here? You know, I thought it was a great scene, really good because you go from thinking she's been kidnapped by God knows who, and then it turns out that actually they just need her for numbers, and yeah. there's no malice. They're not going to harm her. They're not going to do anything. Um, and they're they're quite good characters actually. We we don't get to know a great deal about them um but i do think they're they're good in the performance and i recognize the girl from something what do i know the girl from um, um uh, who's playing sheen
0: lenora uh, lenora critchlow
3: um, she has been in like um humans or something no, they're not humans misfits maybe i've I've seen her in something else um, um she's been well she's, she's been done in
0: quite a, a few things mate yeah um, I
3: was gonna say, as soon as i saw her i was like oh i know her um, being human.
0: There you go. Being, being human.
3: human. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I recognise this. Yeah, she's she's a good uh, good actress. I liked her. Yeah. Um, I recognise the guy as well. Actually, what's his name?
0: Um, uh, the guy's name. Yeah, uh, that is Travis Oliver.
3: What's he been in? Because I recognise him as well. I didn't recognise him to be honest with you. Uh, I thought I'd seen him in something. So look, oh, he's been in doctors. Good grief! Everyone's been in doctors footballers yeah. wives. Uh, i don't know he looked familiar as well but i thought these those guys were good as just this sort of young couple um trying to get on uh, you know trying to jump to the fast lane and stuff mm. and um and quite likable actually because obviously we assume they're bad when they kidnap martha but it turns out they're they're just just a nice ordinary couple actually yeah I'm trying to see what else he's been in loads of stuff
0: yeah i didn't recognize him though no mm. yeah. uh, okay what about um there's a few other people scattered around, like the merchants in the street and so on. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about um, uh, Novice Haim. Novice Haim. Yeah, it's good to have her back, the, isn't it? The cat lady. So mm. I, I think it's really sweet when she first sees the doctor and he doesn't recognize her. And she tells him, you know, it's been a long time and, mm. and all that. And he's like, gives her a big hug. And I thought that's really cool.
3: Oh, is that? Yeah. Does he like? Because he's like, oh yes, no, hang on, you're bad. And he's like, he suddenly remembers that she's a baddie, and she's like, no, no, I've redeemed myself. And he's like, oh, okay then. Yeah. But yeah, that's that is a lovely little scene actually, and um, again, nice to tie that back in with New Earth and all that, um, b- by bringing her back, it kind of all brings it full circle. So, um, I like her, and she does. She seems almost like um, I can't remember her in New Earth though. Is she the? She's not the really bad one, is she? She's kind of the no, sort of sister one that's going along with it, isn't she?
0: Yeah. She's just kind of been caught up in it and she's going I along with so. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. She does actually say, you do feel quite sorry for her because um, she like, you know, my penance, you know, is to stay behind. and That's right. You know, so you do feel a bit sorry for her, but she, in a way she's, you know, she you can tell that she's grown very fond of, of Bo and he's, you yeah. know, caring for him and all that. So, yeah, I think she's quite a sweet character. Although she, yeah, she was potentially quite bad back in New Earth. Mm. She, um, she has redeemed. Yeah, redeemed and, so. Yeah, and the Doctor feels really sorry for her. You know, she's like, he's very confused as to why she hasn't contacted anyone or, you know, alerted for help. Mm. She's like, I didn't have a choice, and he's like, You did. You know, you. That's could've.
3: right. I love that bit. it's like, because he, he's, you know, he's remembered what she did and. In- previous story and he's you know thinking he should be angry with her but then he realizes what she has done that is lovely isn't it when she goes i didn't have a choice and he goes well you did but you chose to stay so yeah it's nice yeah
0: nice yeah she was quite a good character wasn't it? and then we spoken about bow obviously
3: yeah um, very sad though very really sad, sad that we see the end of bow and he's yeah. especially when his case cracks because he's um before that, he's sort of on the way out, isn't he? You can see the puffs of puff, 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 puffs yeah. of steam. You know he's going to go. He's on um, the way out. He's yeah. on the way out. But it's it's just the fact that when Martha strolls in, he's kind of outside of the case, just lying on the floor, the big old face on the floor. And it is really quite sad, isn't it?
0: It is. Um, yeah. Again,
3: I mean, Tennant sells that scene to me. He makes it ten times more emotional because, you know, Bo says his piece. Um, voiced yeah. by Stuart roger and uh bo says his piece and that's you know that's sad it's the end of bo but it's tenant's face yeah isn't it just yeah. brings it home he's like no 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 your big old face you ain't going anywhere come on <laughs> yeah. and he's just like no nah, no nah, and just shuts his eyes it's it is it is emotional it's i think it's a, it's a really great scene mm-hmm. between the doctor and bo
0: yeah and it's and it's all reliant on tenant's performance as well because he's much, acting yeah. to a puppet so he <laughs> yeah so you're right he has to sell that and he does sell it 100 he does sell it yes he yeah. does yeah so old bow shame
3: yeah. it is a shame yeah Get to hear those last words yeah
0: jack bow whatever theory you want to go with Mm. Uh, let about martha martha jones so she's yeah. uh she's a bit um she gets a bit annoyed a couple of times and isn't she the first time she gets annoyed is where you know she gets kidnapped <laughs> well before that you know she basically oh. says to the doctor so you came here with rose then
3: oh yeah and yeah she gets that's a, awkward isn't it yeah nose is yeah. out
0: of place a little bit there Ooh. out of joint and uh, and i love how the doctor just doesn't pick up on it because he's like yeah <laughs> and he doesn't see that she's miffed by that you know she says something about rebound, does not she? Yeah. Yeah. And storms off. Then she gets kidnapped and that's clearly upsetting and, you know, angry for her. Um, and then she also gets a bit fed up with the doctor sort of palming her off. You know, she's trying to get yeah. the truth out of him and what really happened. And he's constantly like, ah, it doesn't matter. You know, they get to that point, And that's another thing where tenants so good, where it gets to that point where his vulnerability shows through Mm. and you think he's just about to you know open up to her and tell her but then he just switches off and he's got his sort of happy-go-lucky like "Ah," you know don't matter
3: I'm all right. I'm always all right, sort of thing yeah yeah yeah.
0: but he Mm. sort of gets to the point where she just had enough at the end she pulls the chair out sits down and she's like we're not going anywhere until you've you know you give me the lowdown so she does she has these nice moments in this story actually where she's she's not having it anymore (laughs) and she she wants to know what's going on and but she's also obviously really sad when Bo's dying and so, again, like Tennant, I thought she was, She played this really well. There was highs and lows for her, and she acted it out really well. I think old Freema.
3: I think Freema's good. I like Freema at um, and I like the character of Martha Jones as well. I never know why she gets so much stick. I, I really thought she was good in it. Um, I, I really like the scenes that I've highlighted that I thought she was particularly good in. Is, um, there's a part where... I think Brannigan said something to her and she, she so sort of suddenly realizes that her parents have got no idea where she is. She's like, I've just realized like, if this is it, you know, if I die now, like if this really is the end, mm-hmm. my parents haven't got a clue where I am. Yeah. And I thought that's a, that was a great scene, really nicely written and really nicely performed. Um, There's the bit at the end, obviously, where she stands up to the Doctor and says, I'm not moving from this chair until you tell me the truth. And I I just thought, yeah, in all the little scenes when she's given something where she's got to step up to the plate, I thought uh, Freema did it really well. And I I think she's a great companion. I know people don't like the fact that she sort of harks after the Doctor in terms of a love interest. I get that. But uh, it doesn't bother me at all, really, because I do like the fact it leads up to the fact that she – in the end has to accept that he's, you know, doesn't feel that way about her. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I just think she's a, a good companion. I like Martha and I think she gets some nice little moments in this. She's um she's good when she's angry, like when she gets uh, kidnapped because it <laughs> yeah. takes her a while to calm down. Like the two that have kidnapped her have already sort of settled back in their seats and, you know, got relaxed and she's sort of still like, whoa, whoa. you know, all flustered and stuff. So yeah, I thought Freema was good in this. I liked her very good. Good, good with Tennant. Good with the supporting cast. Yeah, just, just, just good.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Mr. Tennant himself, then, um for me, one of the shining stars of the, of the story, the episode.
3: Yeah, I, I thought David was very good in this. um I will say this though, I, I don't think you're going to agree, but there were times I found him just a little bit shouty, and I just wanted him to bring it down a notch. And I, and I'm talking like only a couple of scenes here. I mean, there was just one or two bits where I just felt it's still absolutely brilliant. Don't get me wrong, but there were just sometimes I was thinking he's really going crazy here and um, it's not really his performance is wrong. I was just sort of thinking, I'm not sure. I don't know if it was sort of almost acting as if Martha was dead. If you know, I think it was just like, he was going a little bit too, um, I'm not saying over the top, but a bit, bit too crazy. Like when Martha gets taken away, he really shouts, ah!
0: Ah, right, yeah.
3: and I was thinking, yeah. just i don't know they were just every now and again and it is a real small point because he is so good in it but there was just a couple of little bits where he's really going nuts where i felt like he just needed to bring it down a peg because he's great when he does that but i wasn't sure the situations were necessary calling for him to be that angry as the doctor if you see what i mean um because like he's, he says to those guys he's going to shut them down doesn't he he sort of takes out his anger on the vendors at the beginning. And he's like, I'm coming back and you guys are shutting down. And he's like really <laughs> angry. And I thought steady on, they haven't done anything. You know, I don't know. There was just, there was a couple of tiny little bits where I just wanted him to bring the performance down a bit. Um, but I did think in the rest of it, absolutely agree. He did totally shine, especially with the emotional stuff and bow at the end. And like you said, and the stuff with novice haim, lovely performance. And, all the stuff jumping between the cars and the interaction with those guys, yeah, t- definitely on fire. But for me, there was just a couple of little bits. So I just wanted him to just rein it in just a little bit um, in terms of what was going on in the story, if you like.
0: I right, kind of, I read you. Yeah, I mean there was, yeah. yeah, a couple of times when he's fixing all the computers and stuff with Haim and you know both sort of dying away side at the same time, and he's throwing levers and all the rest of it, and he, he mm. is quite shouty there. Yeah,
3: yeah, just a little bit shouty. I was, yeah. I was just sometimes thinking, I don't know. It's as if like normally when the doctor gets that angry, it's when he's something's really kicking off. And I felt like, yeah, I know Martha's missing, but I couldn't quite understand quite why he was at that level of anger in certain parts. If you know what I mean? I just felt like almost felt like Tennant was giving 10% when actually in that, that particular moment he needed to be sort of, sort of eight, you know, it didn't need to be quite that full on. If you like, it was right. as if he was yep. really trying hard, to to make the scene and he just needed to just relax a little and go with the scene and, and as i said it was only a couple of tiny bits that i felt that but but um but yeah I mean, he's, he's he's still absolutely
0: fantastic in it yeah he is great and i think like i said earlier it's that range of emotion that i love with Tennant sometimes where he does have, yeah. he does cheeky and happy very well then he goes quite somber and melancholy and then he goes happy again and then he does you know serious i really like that
3: yeah yeah
0: very good uh, last thing I want to mention before our scores is uh, the music. I've really yeah. liked Murray Gold's music for this. Yeah. There's, um, there's a piece of music that plays out when, uh, when Beau's in away. Um, and a, a bit, I think they replay it towards the end where the doctor's telling Martha about Gallifrey and so on, and the camera's oh, panning. lovely. Up. Really Beautiful. lovely music from Murray Gold in this one.
3: Yeah, no, he's really on on point on the in this story. The music's fantastic. Yeah, there's a bit where they all sim, sing a hymn, isn't there, when they're in the traffic jam That's as well. Right. Yeah, it's lovely, lovely moment. Um, I think you're right. The the two bits that steal it for me in terms of his music are the bit where Bo dies, and uh, and the end scene with Tennant and and um, well the Doctor and Martha, where he's talking about Gallifrey. The music's mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, uh, just the way it pans up to the the skyline as well yeah really really works with the story his music in this yeah yeah good job from murray
0: indeedy anything else you Mm. want to mention mate before we do our scores no no the
3: music was the last thing i'd underlined actually i thought yeah we must we must mention it because it's particularly good in this story so yeah yeah uh
0: talking music here we are let's go on to our scores And it's you to go first. Oh no, I was hoping it was you. No, I'm, I'm stuck. Oh, here we That's go. That's why I was hoping it was you. I'll go first then. Go on then. It's you easy go first. for me. This is an eight out of ten.
3: All right then. All right then. Yeah, I'm stuck between a 7.5 <laughs> and an eight. Um, okay. 7.5 seems too low, and the eight, I don't know, eight I normally say is like a, a bit of a gem. I suppose it is a bit of a gem. 7.25? No, no, not too. <laughs> no, I, 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 mean, I have written eight. I'm just going to show you, like they do on countdown. I have written an eight, so I guess I'll stick with you. It is, it is good, isn't it? It is good. Something um, and I think back, I was not, No, I think it was the Martha thing, but you've explained it, so I think I need to. I think I need to give it an eight now. I think if if Martha had just suddenly appeared on the planet like I thought she had, I think I would have had to have knocked off a point. So I'll go with an eight. Eight, same as you. It is, it is good. I did really enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. So it's all to... round.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, okay. Let's see what our lovely listeners thought. Let's kick off with an audio clip. This is Joe Sweeney.
2: Hello afternoon. Hope you guys well. Gridlock is um I'll say it's an, an average episode. Um the story the story was um, quite simple but it does have a complicated side to it. But I like the idea of of the story like the doctor taking martha to new earth where he last took rose um in that awful new earth episode and it's quite interesting of like how the doctor uses martha to travel with him to cope with these loss over rose um seeing the face of Bo for one last final time was was great and then Hearing him saying his final words you are on um you are on um not not alone that later turns into a story arc and then it left us spectating like like who the face of Bo was talking about um the co cast were were okay, but I do like ran again um so overall good good story, so I'll give a score of um seven out of 10. Oh, oh, and by the way um that uh, um uh, um um, that city sunlight at the ending i know it's not doctor who subject i know it's not a doctor who um subject but it does remind me of um coruscant from star wars anyway take care bye bye
3: thank
0: you very much Joe.
3: he's got a very good point that i meant to say to you it does remind me of star wars that end shot did it you yes yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know if that's intentional or just a to- Blatant
0: old ripoff. Maybe. <laughs> but it does.
2: Maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Over on Twitter, uh, John Hunt says, a surprisingly incredible story. Uh, this might be the only one part episode that managed to fulfill the entire story. Mm. Uh, Daniel Fox says, not a very dramatic story, but a fun watch. Tenant is brilliant as always. And I love the surprise return of the macro. Eight out of ten. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ken Major says, uh, pretty sure the macro Can't were major. kept secret uh, so it's a nice reveal uh, they are an extra layer to a really interesting story 8 out of 10 hmm. and lastly uh, Roxanne J10 says uh, end up being a beautiful episode uh, about beings living in an impossible situation so creative Yes, yes it is yeah I yeah. agree yeah. Uh, over on Facebook, Adam Pink says, I always enjoy this episode more than I thought I would when I go back to it. Uh, nice return for the macra, uh, though not very grandiose when compared to other Clasps monster returns. Mind you, the macra aren't exactly huge villains. Uh, I love the doctor's conversation with Martha about Gallifrey as well as the face of Beau's death. Uh, not too shabby, really. 6.5. Okay. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Lewis Palmer, pretty good, if slightly forgettable uh it's not one i often return to i must admit um it was brave of the production team to bring back one of the most obscure monsters ever with the macro uh it was a cool idea for the story Branigan was good face of both final scene is terrific as is the 10th doctor revealing his past to martha overall decent but not one often returned to six out of ten yes uh jason thayer i like how this story sets up things for later I uh, also like how Martha won't stand for being the rebound companion, uh, mm. which the doctor made her at this point, uh, as he was still grieving over Rose. Uh, I think it's neat that Davis is taking a page out of something Robert Holmes would have done, build a story around something that annoys us in this case, traffic jams. Um, while it's not the best done, it's a good character piece. Marker seem unnecessary though. I don't like it when the show gives nods to missing episodes. Uh, I give it a six out of 10. Okay. Uh, Finn Morris Young says, this was an episode that I watched over and over when I was younger. Uh, it has This episode is okay, but it lacks um, key quilts. Uh, the story is okay, and the cast wasn't bad. The Bad Wolf reference is also very subtle. Uh, I won't say what it is, because it will be fun for you to guess. Oh, no. You can't do that, Finn. Bad Wolf reference? Didn't notice it. Oh, Finn. Right,
3: I'll have to Google it.
0: Finn it says overall an okay episode, six out of 10. Oh, okay. uh, this is our uh, last audio clip. This is from the Who Addicts. This is Matt Rowney.
1: Hey there, Guy Adam. I hope you two are well. Now, Gridlock for me is one of the most underrated stories in all of the modern series of Doctor Who. I think it's absolutely fantastic. The setting of new, 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 York was brilliant. I really liked how they went back there. The Russell T Davies era really had a great sense of consistency, one that I don't think we get enough now. But yeah, it was great to return there, great to see familiar faces like the face of Bourne Novice Hame, etc. But to see what had happened to this city in a matter of years with, with the disease that had spread, um trapping everyone under the motorway. I think that that was a great setting, a very claustrophobic space um, that I really, really liked exploring. The macra I thought were perfect for this story as well, just loitering at the bottom of the motorway. And of course, it was a very sad, but also happy ending the face of Bo, giving his final breath to save everybody was lovely. But of course, it was sad to see him pass. But he did give the Doctor that one final secret, which led perfectly into the Series 3 finale. Um, but one thing I will always remember from this episode is the stunning music. I think the music's fantastic, especially at the end when the doctor sits down with Martha in a rundown alleyway and just describes Gallifrey. It is just what a beautiful feel-good story this is. It explores all different emotions and for me it's a perfect showcase of what Doctor Who is all about. So Gridlock, very underrated. I think it's got to get an 8 out of 10 and that might even be being a, ge- be a, be a be, be, that might even be a bit generous. See you guys next week.
0: Thank you very much, Matt.
3: Thanks. Matt. So it might've been Matt that I was thinking of earlier when I said, I thought it was your favorite story. Maybe I'm thinking of Matt. Somebody I know is always saying how much I like it. It must be Matt then. <laughs> um,
0: back on Facebook, Martin Arnold says sweaty crabs on the space <laughs> M25. Uh, yeah. it says in all seriousness, one of my favorite new who episodes, um, Great self-contained fun episode, a very British sci-fi idea. It's all a bit J.G. Ballard or Douglas Adams. And the scene at the mm. end where the Doctor reminisces about Gallifrey is really good. Uh, George Coppin, lovely little episode you can watch without thinking about all the complicated storylines. Love Branigan, he should return. 7 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Howard said, it's quite a good episode. I have to admit, the scene with the Doctor talking about Gallifrey being a beautiful planet before the time War happened is a very powerful scene and perhaps one of my favourite scenes from doc, from David Tennant's Doctor. Uh, I honestly think Branigan was the best part of the whole episode uh, with the cat makeup on. Ardell O'Hanian looks very good on him, and he plays the character brilliantly. Uh, the scene where the face of Bo is saying the Doctor is not alone was very moving, and again, like the scene with the Doctor talking about the time more at the end, it's a very powerful scene and probably one of the best there is. Um, he goes on to say, um, uh, uh, the... Uh, the I've lost my place. There we go. Uh, the only downside I have for Gridlocked uh, is that this story, um, in particular, doesn't really stand out as an episode. It's an easy watch, and it's pretty much uh, got a simple plot to follow, uh, from which doesn't require you watching previous episodes for you to understand or follow or follow complicated plot arcs. Cough, cough. Series six. Mm. Um, uh, it's a good episode. Uh, not the most noteworthy of Doctor Who stories, but at least better than what then what's to come with two episodes, which for me leads into a two-part story that I utterly detest.
1: What's Seven that? out
0: of ten. Uh, what's that? Daleks in my, Oh, yeah, Daleks in my Oh, Martha. Daleks yeah. in my hand. Mm. Um And finally, Sammy Satine mm. says, so ten and Martha arrive on New Earth in New, 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 New York, uh, where they encounter humans using drugs that are emotions, and where most are stuck on the motorway. Turns out they cannot escape the motorway because the drug Bliss killed everyone, and there's no one to help them. Uh, can 10 get everyone off the motorway? I love how 10 gets so furious. He shuts down all the shops like that. I also love how he talks about Gallifrey at the end. It really does sound beautiful. Martha is good. Ardle O'Hanlon um, as a cat is great. Love the different cars. They look so homely. Great to see the face of Bo. Uh, that you are not alone bit um, has such a great payoff later. Yes, it uh, does. Yes. Shame the face of Bo died. Uh, that was incredibly sad. She gives it a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 from Sally. Yeah. Yes. Anything over on the Geeks Handbag page?
3: I wasn't ready um, right uh, Dean Jones yeah he says uh, one of the more overlooked stories from series 3 Gridlock is a nice little gem of a story one of Tenet's best performances a simple plot with a dark undertones great music and an interesting mix of characters if there's any issues it's the CGI effects don't hold up as much certain moments are just a tiny bit repetitive with the story and whilst I like Martha with Freema giving it a good performance the dialogue isn't the strongest uh, also I don't think they could get away with the nudists now solid story 8.5 out of 10 from dean yeah i forgot about the nudists (laughs) um we don't see anything dean unless you not unless you pause and go through it frame by frame anyway charlie turner says it has a very interesting concept this one not something i'd like to be stuck in myself though who laugh out loud sad that good old beau died as i love seeing him but this sets up the first episode of the three-part final of series three utopia perfectly i'll admit though i had no idea what the the macro were on viewing it so it was a first for me but i think they didn't get enough screen time i mean come on it's a classic series villain for goodness sake but anyway this episode as a whole is a mix of okay and good so he's giving it seven out of ten yeah i wonder i don't know that a lot of people Would have known the macro back then uh, in terms of the new viewers coming on board. But uh, Matt Whelan says, a weirdly satisfying episode for me. I found Brannigan very camp and very funny. The highlight of the episode, seeing the face of Bo again, was nice, albeit sad because it would be the last time. Overall, (laughs) 7 out of 10 from Matt. Uh, Richard Pierce says, a great episode. One of my favourite David Tennant stories. So many great moments. And if I remember right, it was the first... To use the all of the strange creatures theme music perfectly completes the face of bow trilogy. Yes, it was. Yeah, that's a nice yep. piece of music, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Patrick Sherwood says hi me again. So this story, I don't think much to this one. It's okay for what is the last scene makes get emotional when the face of bow dies. I got emotional on the doctor speech at the end about Gallifrey. is very nice. So he's going to give it a nine out of ten. Okay, mm-hmm. so quite high school. Hendrix Chaplin. A great end to the five billion trilogy. This is fun, thrilling episode, as well as being surprisingly humane and warm. You've got to love Ardolo Harlan as Thomas Kincaid Brannigan. That's his former yes, name. It. Yes, yep. he is good. <laughs> uh, just a couple more. So Jace Howells, I uh, thought it was a bit silly, although a nice nod to the macro of terror. Okay, Jace. Aaron Ball, great underrated story with some awesome characters. The thing I wouldn't say I like is the macro, As I'm a massive Macra Terror fan, even though it's missing, they were used very poorly, he says. So he gives it a 7 out of 10. And finally, J- Jacob Bourne just simply says, don't forget to talk about Captain Jack. Well, we didn't forget. We didn't. Yes. No, we didn't. Um, one thing I've picked up, mate, from our comments, and I just wonder what your opinion is on this, it seems that a lot of people said, and we said it ourselves, this is a great story, but slightly forgettable, and not one we go back to very often. And I'm just wondering, is that because it hasn't got a central villain, do you think? Because it is a great story, and it is a good watch, but it's it's not one I go back to very often. And I'm just wondering, is it because it's... It just hasn't got that extra element, or or what is it? What is it about the
0: story? Because it is good. It's a really good story, yeah. And yeah. I think maybe that's it. I mean, like I said originally, I've only seen it a couple of times. It isn't one that oh. I go for. No. That often, if I want to watch the odd tenant episode from series three. Yeah. So yeah, there is something about it. I wouldn't say it's forgettable.
3: No, it's definitely not forgettable. But I no. wouldn't.
0: But I would say that it's definitely. I don't know. It's a. I don't know how you would describe it really, because it's a really great story and some great mm. performances and so on. It just never gets brought up that often. So maybe you're right, maybe because it doesn't have like the key villain or monster. Yeah. You know, I don't know. But uh, yeah,
3: I just, just interesting because it's not one I gravitate towards that often to put on. And yeah, mm. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Uh, very quickly. Um, I had a quick Google while you were reading out some of our comments from the Tamar oh, yeah. page, and I found the bad wolf reference.
3: Oh, good oh good in the
0: story. So, in one, I assume it's either in one of the one of the vans. I think it's only a very small picture, but there's a poster hanging up in the background, and it's got Japanese text on it, and the Japanese word is Akuro which apparently translates as bad wolf.
3: Oh, no wonder we didn't see didn't see it.
0: And it's a blink, and you miss it sort of poster in the background that apparently yeah it's Japanese poster
3: I love the fact they went to that much effort for that that's awesome (laughs) whoever pointed that out they'll be very disappointed that we just googled it and didn't actually go back and rewatch it (laughs) (laughs) um
0: but yeah there you go yeah so that's good luck thank you very much for your your thoughts and feelings and clips and all that stuff Mm. um we love that so yeah next week classic week what we got yeah
3: yeah Bit of um, bit of Seventh Doctor next week, um, and a bit of <laughs> a bit of uh, Cybermen. <laughs> a little um, bit. Surprisingly, it's called Silver Nemesis, even though the Cybermen look gold Look uh, so <laughs> due to a painting error and uh, some sunshine. So yeah, Silver Nemesis next week. Uh, um, that'll be good. And watch that for a while. Indeed. I yeah. was uh, so like, can you? Is there anything you can roll your R's in? Can you? Because I can't roll them. Can you do that?
0: Oh. Shield. Um, Silver Nemesis. There's no R's, mate. Just one at you the can't end. Really that... roll, you can't really roll that at the end. That'd be weird. That would sound like a pirate rather than... There's
3: <laughs> <laughs> no pirates here. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, Silver Nemesis next week. Yeah. I haven't watched much Silver in a while, so that'd be good. Yeah. Indeed. Right, that's going to do, I think, for one, three, five. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to one three five. It's been a bit of a long one this week, that we have had lots to go through, which I'm sure you guys don't mind. Keeping you in the know, in the loop, letting you know what's going on, all that jazz. So some interesting news. Let us know if any of you guys um, enter the competition to win the the comic relief big breakfast with the seven doctors. Uh, and more importantly, let us know if you win, yeah, because we're your new best friends. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. And also let us know if you sign up to this, um, the nerd block, Doctor Who official thing. I'd love to know what's in it. Yes, I'd love to know. But you won't find out until various YouTube unboxings and all that stuff. Yeah. So I might take a punt at the first one. Will you? Maybe. Okay. See what it's like. Go on, do it, do it, do it, it, do it, it. it. so I can have a look. Maybe, but do let us know if you guys are interested in that, and if you do sign up, because we'll be interested to hear your thoughts on how exclusive the items actually are, which we're hoping they are, because it is apparently a proper BBC thing, so So that'd be good. And also get your stories in for the temporal logbook, logbook, logbook version (laughs) two or release two. Get your stories in. We'd love one of our listeners to have a story in the book. How That'd awesome would that be? Yeah. Yeah. Be awesome. Anyways, head over to, head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk Listen to all of the episodes on there, plus link off to all of the social stuff. And you can link off to iTunes and give us a subscribe there if you'd be so kind. Uh, and if you are an iTunes listener, a review would be amazing because that really helps us. Also check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Do a search for The Geek's Handbag on YouTube and Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, everything. everything. I'll
3: get that vlog up soon. I've got some good footage. Don't worry that I couldn't film in Phantom. I've got plenty from Westminster and loads of other good stuff.
0: Yeah, I'll get editing that vlog. You do that. I'll get on it. Yes, indeedy. So thank you very much again for sticking with us. Next week, 136 Silver Nemesis. So get your reviews in for that. Until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember uh uh-huh. 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 uh-huh.